Chair and past the remote. I'm James Chalmers, and uh, with me, as I say, as always, it's been a long time. Is Tina Chalmers? Hello. Uh, no Nick this week. This is a spontaneous uh, dusting off of the mic. It has been six months. Thick layer of dust. It was. It was sticking everywhere. Just yeah. Like it's you got know, when there's hair in it. <laughs> yeah, there's hair. There was like a little spider in there. A little fortress. Um, yeah, it's been six months since our last episode. Um, yeah, that's long. I suppose, like... Ap- apologies. <laughs> yeah, for those who liked it, sorry. Um, I suppose the there's been a number of things going on which we didn't really talk about because um, it all kind of happened at once and then we just kind of fell off the map. Um, so I guess quickly we'll just say that I got a new job about six months ago mm-hmm. um, which required me to move it, to start working in the city. Um, it was a lot of late nights. Still is a lot of late, late nights. Mm-hmm. Nick also got a new job around the time, also in the city, also late nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much the same. Mine was just the same, but I had uh, extracurricular activities. I was in a play. Yay! A play. So that was a lot of late nights. So scheduling has been a nightmare, mm. and um, and we kind of bought a house. Yay! We bought a house! So even though we might be recording from Deschamps Studios still, yes. that is no longer the address, because Nick decided to give away our address yeah. many times on the show previously. <laughs> we will not be giving away the address. Yep. My dream is to eventually be like, we're recording live from the library. Ah, um, yes, we just, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll progress to that. Because we now have a library, which is very yes, nice. Which is very and before nice. people are like, oh, millionaire suddenly, not at all. No, it's yeah. literally just a lounge room, but we're calling it the library, because we've just got lots of books in yeah, it. Yeah, we're like, mm, just all the books and like yeah. toys can go here. And we've never had a lounge room before, we've only ever had like a kitchen and a living room, so we're like, oh, what do we fill this room with? I know, books! Books, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one day maybe we'll record live from the library. But it's been... Yeah, six months, which is a lot of movies. Um, yes, and I don't remember pretty much majority of them. No, so we're going to change format a little bit um, for our first time back in six months. We're not going to do news. Um, hashtag Lisa Snyder Cut. Um, there was a Justice League thing a little while, a yeah. couple, about a week ago, uh, which sounded like they gained some traction now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not going to do news, even though I did that. Um, we're not going to talk trailers. Because <clears throat> I haven't been paying much attention to trailers, I, I've kind of fallen off the map with movies a little bit over the last six months because work has been so all-encompassing. Mm. Um, like you know, back, um, before I changed jobs, I was probably going to the movies once a, a fortnight, if not more regularly than that. Mm. Um, and the list, as you'll see, is quite a long list of movies we have watched. Yeah, it just is less regular. Like you know, doc- but it's also the fact that like. As people saving up to buy their first home, you can't go to the movies every yeah. single week. Yeah. Um, um, like, you know, like, Dr. Slay's <coughs> been out for two weeks and I still haven't seen it just because I mm. haven't kind of had a chance because we have been moving in as well. Yeah. Um, my TV watching has gone up. I'm watching a lot of, we've watched a lot of Netflix, a lot mm-hmm. of Stan, Disney Plus, which you can talk about a little bit. We don't yep. have that much Disney Plus to talk about at this stage. Um, so <clears throat> there's been a lot of serious catch up. Um, but yeah, so today we're kind of t- going to do, oh, my voice. I had a bubble in my throat, mm. so I went, oh, it's, water. Water. it's all right. 
Um, so we're going to kind of just go through the movies um, from the last six months. It's the su- yeah, no, Luna's asleep in the office. Uh, it's kind of like the summer movie guide. Cause that's... Oh, the library, the office. Yeah, no. We live in a mansion. We oh. do not. <laughs> we do not live in a mansion. Um, so yeah, like that was the American summer movie season. So we're going to cover all those movies. Even though it was winter for us, and boy, did we feel it this year. Yeah. Winter. Been sick like seven it's times. Old. Yeah, we've been sick like pretty much <clears throat> once a month for the last six months. So as listen- well. listeners would probably spare a great deal of like sneezing and coughing yes. and like. Even now I'm a little bit congested still, yeah. but um, it's not like cold related to something else. Mm. But it's cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go. I've, as you pointed out, Tina, you haven't, you can't remember much stuff. So I've taken a list of all the stuff we've seen. We're yeah. kind of going to do it a little bit different, be a little bit more relaxed and casual than. I, mean, I guess the show's always been kind of casual, but it's not going to be like necessarily half an hour discussions per movie because mm. we're here all night. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to be like, hey, this came here out. all night, and it's only. Two o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I'll just bring up some like a movie, and then like we'll kind of if we want to talk about it, we can. If we're like, yeah, we don't really discuss that one. Mm. You know, uh, there may not be so much scoring of movies today. It's just gonna be more about like, hey, this is what came out, and here's kind of our feelings on it. Yeah. Um, and then some TV because the last thing we reviewed was Avengers Endgame. Wow. So that's the last movie we reviewed mm. all together. Mm. Um. And we were a week out from the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah. So we never actually talked about the finale of Game mm, of Thrones. Mm. Which I think maybe isn't a bad thing. Like, we might talk about... I think we'll talk about it today. But I think at the time, there were a lot of mixed emotions going on with that show. Like, still people are, like, yeah. very angry about how that ended. And especially mm. with what the um, the creators came out and said recently as well. About how they kind of never knew what they were doing. Those making ups that went along. Yeah. Didn't um, help things at all. Um... But yeah, so maybe we'll start with some movies. Well, do you have stuff you want to talk about? Do you want to share what's been going on in the last six months for you? You were in a play? I was in a play. One so of the leads? Yes. Um, so second it was my build. first, second billing. So it was my first play that I've done since uni. Do you know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, so I, I auditioned for it. It was Going Postal by Terry Pratchett. So if there's any Terry Pratchett fans out there, um, I played the amazing Adorabelle Dearheart. Yes! Um, and she's a fantastic character to play. If you um, aren't a fan of Terry Pratchett, like I I've only know like Good Omens. Good Omens and do you know what I mean? And only because it's on TV and because it was David Tennant. Um, and so when I auditioned for, for Going Postal, I didn't know anything about it really. I'd, I'd heard about Terry Pratchett because some of my friends are into Terry Pratchett. Um, but the only reason I auditioned for it was because I was like, there's 35 characters in this place. Surely I'll get something, right? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I auditioned and I, I got in and I got to play Adorabelle. And, um, if, and, and through obviously doing the play, I've now fallen in love with like Terry Pratchett's type of humor and, mm. and type of story. It's really, really fun. It was really good. So if you, if you, New to Terry Pratchett, I suggest going postal is a good sort of like segue into it, into the whole disc world. Um, and yeah, it was just heaps of fun. It was, yeah, three nights a week. So it was a big commitment. Um, and it ran for about 10 weeks, the rehearsal time. And then we had three weeks of shows. But yeah, it was really fun. I really, mm. really enjoyed it. And um, I'd definitely do it again. Like it was really good. Really yeah, good. well, you're... Um... Hopefully there'll be a few more opportunities out there. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a couple of... Um, the theatre company that I went through, there's a couple of things that they've got in the works. So, 
you know, look into that. I mean, I don't want to dive straight in. I want a little bit of a break, you know, yeah, settle pretty, into the house and everything. On, yeah, on. it's pretty. it was pretty full on because I wasn't directing the school production this year. Mm. Um, it allowed me, but if I was directing the school production and being in a play, that would be pretty heavy in terms of the workload. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, it was great. It was great fun. Um, I didn't uh, get to advertise it on the podcast because no, we weren't, <laughs> we good, weren't we? recording. We about so it, yeah. it's already done and dusted. It's already finished. But um, I highly suggest reading Going Postal because it was... Or even watching just like the telly movie with Claire Foy. Mm. Um, that was great. That was really funny. Beautiful. Mm. I some other stuff that happened. Um, I finished um, the first draft of my novel since we last Yes. Night. Um, and I've started a, a first draft of another novel. Nice. Because it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep going with this. Yeah. Um, nothing's been submitted yet because it's all like pre-proofread and stuff. It needs to be kind of washed over. But we have been doing some stuff. But um, yeah, it's just been hectic. Yeah. So we should dive into some movies, I guess. Absolutely. Cue the little film reel sound. That... Um, so first thing after Endgame that we watched, as far as I can remember... Um, was Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. Detective Pikachu. Um, and I remember we went in, we went to a Mums and Bubs session, we didn't realise. Oh, yeah, because it was, no, it was, yeah, it was the Village Junior, where they yeah. had the slide and everything. So it was, um, lit the whole time. And I don't mean like it was going off the hook, I mean like <laughs> the lights were on. Yeah, but I don't, like, thinking back on that, I don't remember it being... That being a thing for me. No, like, the, I didn't care. The only issue was there was an intermission, <clears throat> which I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So, and the kids running down the, down to go on the slide mm. and stuff like that. But at least the intermission was only like, what, 10 minutes? Five minutes? Maybe. Yeah, it was only and short. It was and really short. And we had free tickets. So. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting going in because I didn't think there'd be a movie you'd want to go and see at all because you're not yes, a Pokemon I fan. I do not like Pokemon. Like, not even to the point where, like, I'd say, oh, I'm not a fan of it because I just never watched it. I like. I'm that, but I also just don't like it. Like, the reason yeah. I never watched it is because it just never appealed to me. And I look at it and I go, Ugh. Like, You're... there's some parts of it. Like, I know about it, but I, mean, I know about it because friends in primary school wanted to play, wanted it. To play it. And you don't mean they wanted to play the video game. You don't no, want to, like, they wanted to pretend to be Pokemon. Pokemon. So they'd run around in the play yard and I'd be like, I don't know any Pokemon. They go, you can be Butterfree. I'm like, okay, what does that do? And they go, it runs around going, ee, ee, ee. I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> when I walked off, and he obviously didn't say yeah. fuck this shit in grade six. Um, but yeah, no, I really loved it. It's a lot of fun. It I, was um, really fun. I'm the other end because I've been, like, I mean. You grew up with Pokemon. Yeah, more so the games and the TV show. Like, I watched the TV show a little bit as a kid. Um, and I, like, I watched a little bit as an adult as well, but I've, I couldn't, like. I remember when they first released them on DVD, I was like, oh, I'm going to pick all these up, and they're really expensive. They were like 50 bucks a season. Whatever. Oh, wow. I don't think I paid that much. I think I'm getting them on sale, but I got the yeah. first three seasons. I reckon I got like five episodes in, and I was like, oh, every episode is the same. Yes. You just interchange the Pokemon of yes. the week. Like, I yes. didn't realize it yeah. as a kid. I realized that as a kid, because I'd, I it would come on Cheese TV. And I'd be like, great, this is on. So then I'd watch it just for like five minutes while I was mm. eating my breakfast. And I'm like, oh, the same thing's happening. And then I just changed the channel. But you know what? I think like that is where my um, love of like just character references comes from. Because mm. 
Like, it was like, but which one is going to be this week? And now that's why I'm like with superhero movies. I'm like, if they mention it, like we just watched a Flash episode mm. a few episodes before we fought. Yeah. And they mentioned the name Ted Cord. I was like, oh, that's the Blue Beetle. Mm. And like, he wasn't shown. They just said his name. But I was like, they said, they said that's right about the Blue Beetle in the show. And they've never done that before. Yeah. And so like, it comes, like, or like when we watched Guardians 2 and the Watchers showed, I was like, oh, the, like yeah. for me, it's all about that world building. So as I was, I'd watch the cartoon a little bit and then I started playing the games and then, like, just seeing the characters show up yeah. in the show was enough for me as a kid. As an adult. I liked Team Rocket. I liked the bad guys. I yeah. mean, they were annoying. They were so annoying with their stupid, we've got trouble, make it double, yeah. or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> um, is that not we've got trouble? No, prepare Some, for trouble. Prepare for trouble, that's right. But I, will, I, have this po- I have a few Pokemon memories. One of my Pokemon memories was um, because I was into Harry Potter. Yeah. And everybody was else was I. into Pokemon. Um, but I was into Harry Potter the, the way that everybody was into Pokemon was. Yeah. But the thing is, there was Pokemon stuff and there wasn't Harry Potter stuff. No. And I remember watching the news and there was like a, a news report on a Pokemon um, fashion show. <laughs> and the kids were walking along the catwalk and they were wearing like Pokemon branded clothes. And the woman at the lectern said, parents... This is not going away. Pokemon is here to stay. A month later, it died. Yeah, a month like, later, every book. But that was like, well, that was like three years into before, like when, since Pokemon had started. But it was funny how she was like, "It's not going away," and then it died. And well, then it, obviously it's come yeah, back. Yeah, it, it never, it's it never really has because they just released a new game. No, like... it died like in the sense of like the frenzy about it just died away. Well, I think also for at least. Like three or four years. I think the thing is though, when it launched, like that was our generation. Yes. And they had four years of it and then we went to high school. Yes. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. So like I would end up, and I still didn't play and and I didn't watch the cartoon so much as a teenager, but I played the games. But But you wouldn't have like gone, you wouldn't have gone and sat at in year eight in no. the cafeteria trading the cards and no, stuff like that. No, the cards went away I mean? like, in the grade six. Like, that's not what a year eight kid um, does. We still have cards. I said to my brother, I'm like, you should dig them up because there's probably, like, some valuable ones in there if they haven't been, like... Probably. ...torn up and stuff. Mm. Um, anyway, I don't know. We're good. Really excited <laughs> yeah. about Pokemon. Something that you don't even really like. Mm. Um, but, um... David Venture, yeah. I think, like, the appeal of Ryan Reynolds, like, having him there I the also voice, just really liked it. The character design. The character design, mm. I think it came out... If they had tried to do it earlier, mm. like if they would tried to do it as like animation, animation, like 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 drawing animation, yeah. I don't think it would have been as good. No. I really liked like the CGI. And I really liked that it was the world... It was from the Pokemon's point of view. Yeah. It wasn't from the human's point of view. Mm. Um, because like I watched... What's the one with Mewtwo? Um, Pokemon the first movie. The first, yeah, I, yeah. I watched that because He's it was been like a, a friend's. Now, it was but... a friend's birthday party, yeah. and so I had to go. Um, and I remember watching it and just being like, "Yeah, okay." I don't remember anything that happened. Yeah, but I just remember getting into this and just being like, "This is like it reminded me of Zootopia." Yeah, it's just fun. Like, yeah, it's it, fun. It wasn't trying to take itself too seriously, no. which I think a lot of those video game movies do. Mm. Um, like, I remember that was the same. I kind of felt the same way with Tomb Raider. Like when mm. it came out, of it, I was like, "That was fun." Like, yeah, it's not a great film, and there's some CGI problems and stuff, but they don't take themselves too seriously. They're just trying to have fun. Yeah, and like that's what works with. It. I think that's like the flaw with a lot of video game movies. If you look back at like the Mario Brothers movie, which I like, 
but like I like because it's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, or even the Resident Evil movies, like they take themselves so seriously mm. because they think that's what people want. But it's like we play these games to have fun. Yeah, so that's just have right. fun with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. Um, and yeah, I thought the the CG was really good. Um, but I thought it was just fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like the the it was funny. The jokes were really good. Mm. Um, I didn't see like the the ending. Yeah, the twist was good. Twist I, ending, I didn't see that coming yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah, no, I thought it was great. <clears throat> I thought it was really really fun. Um, and then the next thing we saw uh, <clears throat> straight after that was uh, Rocket Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, which I also really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I loved it. Liked it a lot. It was had a lot of similar kind of. Um, story notes to, I think, Bohemian Rhapsody, which everyone loved. Yeah, I, everybody I did, drew comparisons. And I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, so I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I can't say that I like Rocket Man better than Bohemian mm. Rhapsody. But I really enjoyed Rocket Man. Like, yeah. I loved how it was done, like, musical numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and the way they integrated the music. I think Elton John had a big... Um, hand in the yeah. production design mm. of the film. And, like, mm. the overall style of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Taron Egerton was great. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. Really. Got the voice down, fantastic. He did it really, really well. Like, I mean, we always talk about, um, the Saturday nights are right for fighting. Yeah, right? like, that's my, I think, I still think that's my favourite scene. It's really good. But yeah. I also think, um, like, they found a way to make me enjoy Crocodile Rock. Yeah. Which oh, I, so I, I like Crocodile Rock. No. They found a way to make me enjoy Tiny Dancer. See, I love Tiny Dancer. Yeah. See, I, the only, I... Tiny Dance is a great song. The only reason I don't like it is because Almost Famous. Yes. Because so every time I see it, it reminds me of Almost Famous. Yeah. And I hate Almost I've Famous. I've never seen Almost Famous. <sighs> I probably like it though. I've you always, been, I've always been told knowing you the kind of movie that I'd like. Would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Like um, played really strongly, really emotional. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god, it made you feel so bad for him. Yeah. And, like, everything that he, like, went through. Um, and, like, there's, like, a good, healthy... Relationship do- with his dad. There's a good, healthy dose of melodrama in there as well, but yeah. it really works for the story. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, look, we're talking about movies we saw, like, five months ago, so mm. like, and I haven't seen since, so I'm trying to, like, grasp at straws. But, um, no, I really enjoyed um, Rocket Man. The only thing um, I would have liked is my favourite... One of my favourite Elton John songs of all time is called The Cage, and no one really knows it because it's from his first album. Yeah. Um, it's very different to the rest of his stuff. It's kind of, like... Because all of his stuff, for the most part, is like sad songs. Yeah. Like very slow, like very mm. dramatic, like like sad <laughs> songs and love songs. But the Cage is just kind of this weird, like kind of funky, like seventies rock song. Yeah. And no one knows it, so of mm. course it wasn't in the movie. I was like, maybe they'll put it in. No. But they did play Tape Into the Pilot, which I like as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, Rocket Man was. Fun. Yeah, Rocket Man was great. Um, I suggested that to a lot of people. Mm. The next movie we watched after that, you actually didn't watch, was just one that I watched by myself. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a movie called Brightburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was produced by uh, James Gunn, who directed, obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, and he's doing the new Suicide Squad movie. Um, and the whole concept of the film is it's a horror film. or I would say it's more of a dark superhero film than a horror film itself, but it is very violent. And it's basically, um, what if Superman landed on planet Earth and went bad? Yeah. And so, like, you have David Denham, who is Roy in the office, and he's mm. the father. I can't remember who plays the mum. Now it's going to... But, like, so they raised this boy who landed on planet Earth in their farm in, like, it wasn't quite Kentucky or Kansas, but similar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he starts to, like, realise things are... I think it was Elizabeth Banks in Brightburn. Um, 
Yeah, it was Luther, thanks. Um, and he starts to realise that things weird about him. And, like, it was very close to how Man of Steel was done. Mm. Um, except not on such a large scope. Yeah. Because um, I remember, like, if you remember Man of Steel, there's those moments where he's at the school and seeing him on skeletons and stuff because he's the oh, X-ray yeah. vision. Oh, uh-huh. um, So they kind of play with that a little bit and play with, like, teenage angst and him, like, trying to um, be cool with girls and mm. the rejection. It's, very, it's almost... It's kind of, like, almost... There's a, a minor social, social commentary on, like, um, like those... What are those? Incels or whatever? Incels, yeah. Like, a little bit, but it doesn't really do that. But it's, it just yeah. felt a little bit like that with the girl kind of thing. Um, and um, also, not Moe's, but the other Moe's from the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's in it as well. It's like, yeah, the uncle or something. Um, and it's just kind of this, this dark turn on Superman. And they go really violent. They do some stuff that I've never seen before. Mm. Um, some really cool stuff um, in terms of like gore, mm. um, but and then and I, I will say spoilers for the whole episode because we might spoil some stuff like Pikachu and Rocket Man. We didn't really spoil too much, but we might get into spoilers the further down the list we go. Um, they had a post-credit sequence which is setting up like a larger dark superhero universe. Mm. Like there was an evil Wonder Woman, and there's like an evil Aquaman, and there's like an evil. Who else said it? It wasn't Batman. I think there's like an evil Martian Manhunter thing mm. as well. Um, and I was like, oh my god, like, I hope they do this. And someone uh, messaged James Gunn online, like, you're going to do this? He's like, well, he's like, the next film, I'm doing Suicide Squad right now. And then like two years later, we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He's like, so maybe? But like, my mm. plate's pretty full right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brightburn, I really enjoyed it. It didn't quite get as much recognition as it deserved. Like, it's not the best movie out there. Yeah. But like, for a small budget, like, superhero horror film kind of, I think mm. like it did a really good job. Mm. Um, so yeah. Cool. Uh, the next thing we saw was Aladdin. Oh yeah, Aladdin. What'd you think of Aladdin? Um, well, I think when we came out of it, I think I said it was my favourite of the live action Disney ones so far. Yeah. Um, looking, looking back, I'm trying to remember, because this one was a while ago as well, and this was less of a... On my list of things to, to see. Yeah. Because um, I remember when we, were t- we talked, the last time we were speaking, we talked about the trailers. I'm like, this was like a shot on a Disney set. Mm. And it didn't. Like, in the movie, it worked. Yeah. Um, the musical numbers didn't work. Cause I feel like when you do it, especially with Disney, if you do an animated musical number, no matter how much CGI and how much, like, pra- or even practical effects you have, you're never going to capture the wonder of what was done in the original animation. Like, yeah. Um, like the, what's the street rap song called at the start? Um, like one jump. Yeah, it's called One Jump, yeah. Yeah, like, it just didn't have the same effect. Yeah. Um, I thought Prince Ali was good. Yeah, Prince that's Prince Ali, pretty... fabulous. He... I, um, I think this is going to where we split our opinion a little bit, but I actually yeah. thought Will Smith did a great job. I really enjoyed No, it. I, I thought he was great as I, well. Yeah, I thought he did a really good I job. He did a really good job. Um, I didn't mind. A lot of people were like, oh, do you have to do the French Prince, the Fresh Prince stuff? I'm like... Yeah. You didn't like yeah, that. But yeah. to me, it's like, you don't hire Will Smith and not get him to do that. Yeah. Like, um, it would have been like if they got Lin-Manuel, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. They, and now that I think about it, they should have. He would have been a great genie. Yeah, he would have. Uh, probably like better raps. But um, I realized, I liked some of the changes they made. Mm. Um, I liked giant monster Iago flying through. Oh, Agrabah. yeah, that, that was, was great. Cool. That yeah. was fantastic. That was really good. But, um... And I, I don't. Th- I don't think you enjoyed the, her new songs, Jasmine's new songs. I didn't mind that they gave mm. her new songs. I just felt like there was that bit um, towards the end where she's chained up because they're taking her yeah. away, 
and like then and she's then she singing and she turning breaks. things into dust and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's just I, an, yeah. Yeah, I didn't It's just really like an like imagination sequence. Thing, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like, I guess. Mm. Um, I thought the guy who played Jafar were, needed, I think he just needed, he was too kind-faced and kind. Like, he needed to be really evil, I feel. I feel they were playing it more subtle down the line, as in, like, mm. he's not just to be a mustache-twirling villain, which I didn't mind, mm. but he did remind me a lot of Buster from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, he did look like Buster um, from... Very round-faced. I thought um, <coughs> Nassim Padrad was really good as the handmaiden or whatever, the one who helped, who was Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she like in great. love with the genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's great. Um, so I think there's, like... I mean, look, we're talking about it now, and like, oh, yeah, that was good. Like, mm. I think it's like, it was a really fun, like, adaptation. Mm. Um... Bright, colourful. She's just twitching and falling asleep. <laughs> Is she? I think she's she's dreaming. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, though, of Aladdin? Um, I I can't remember how I felt coming out of it, but looking back on it now, I enjoyed it. I don't. Yeah, I like. I feel like when I walked out of the cinema, I was like, yeah, that was okay. But now, when I'm thinking about, it, I was like, no, I really liked that. Um, yeah, I thought it looked awesome. It looked yeah, really, it was really visually nice. very nice. Visually beautiful. Um, yeah, I can't really remember much else. I do remember finding it funny. I do remember finding the Prince, Prince of Bel-Air stuff frustrating. Yeah. Um, cause it just felt a little forced, you know? I didn't feel that, but it's like, like been a while since I've seen it now as well. Yeah, so I might yeah. feel that way later on. Um, I mean, I mean, no rush to see it again. Like it's not, yeah. it, to me it wasn't like. The must-see film of the year. Yeah, no, no absolutely like It wouldn't not. crack my top ten. No, that's right. Same. Absolutely not. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Mm. I thought it was fun, and I think kids would definitely find it quite fun. But I thought the cast was pretty good. I thought like the yeah. dude who played Aladdin was good. Yeah, he was good. Um, and the girl who played Jasmine was, was pretty mm, good. She mm. was also in the um, the Power Rangers movie. Mm. Um, and then Will Smith, yeah, I thought he was good as well. Mm. Um, the next film we saw, this is film five of what looks like about 20. <laughs> Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Yes. Which I really want to yeah. talk about. Um, mm-hmm. and we never, and we've, only, mm-hmm. we've only seen it once. We haven't. Yeah. And this is what, here's what's funny. Like between, since, since we last recorded, Spider-Man Far From Home came out, Sony and Disney broke their deal, so they're not making Spider-Man anymore. And then they've come back, back together, together and they're like, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to make it work. Yeah. And I remember like, there's a couple of weeks. But ago, also that. That breaking up and coming back together was like in the span of one week. No, it was a while. It was, was like it? A, it was like a month. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was quite a while. It felt like it was very quick. Um, no, it was quite a while. Because um, I feel like I was like, I heard about it and then two days later, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I remember I was always like, they'll find a way. They'll yeah. find a way to come back. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they made how much money? Like, both those Spider-Man films made a billion dollars. Like, yeah. there's no way they're not going to do mm. another Spider-Man movie together. Mm. Especially with all they've set up. Um, I loved Far From Home. Yeah. I've only seen it once. We haven't had a chance to watch it again. We've got it on Blu-ray sitting on, on the shelf, so we watched it again soon. Yeah. Um, I thought it did a really good job, um, kind of as a response to Endgame, like, seeing the kind of post-traumatic... Yeah. The same way Iron Man 3 yeah. um, deals with Tony's fallout uh-huh. and Avengers. Uh-huh. Um, seeing Peter deal with the, <coughs> the death of Tony Stark and yeah. not being able to escape it. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally get to see him and MJ kind of, like, get closer. And yeah, stuff. yeah, build that relationship. Um, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was great as Mysterio. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? And this movie has, hands down, one of my favourite sequences of all time. And Which that's is? the Spider-Man fighting Mysterio um, under his influence. 
and you've got him like surrounded by the mysterious oh, yep, 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 and yep. zombie Iron Man, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and like the haunted house, and like yeah. it's like mm. it's so visually beautiful and mm. stunning and just incredible. Um, I think the only thing I didn't like about it, because um, I remember I came out of it, I was like, oh, I liked it, but it had the except except for the end. The end like really like they fixed it for me. The problem I had with Homecoming is the same thing I had with this one. Is like, oh, my favorite thing about Spider Man is seeing him swing through New York City. And there was no swinging through New York. And Homecoming, you can't do it because he's out of the suburbs. And then in this one, one you can't do it because he's in like Venice and London. Yeah, and he's seen it a little bit, but like it made me think about how important location is for Spider Man because once Mm. you take him out of a city, like the webs do nothing for him. Yeah, like he can't. He can't cling on to anything. Um, he's in the desert. What is he gonna do? Yeah, like the webs, like the swinging on the webs is one of the most iconic things of Spider Man. Mm. But then at the end, we just see him running across buildings and swinging and picking up MJ. Um, so that was good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I feel like when I was watching it, I knew, I knew that Jake Gyllenhaal, we knew that Jake Gyllenhaal was a bad guy. Yeah, because I told um, you that Mysterio was And that's the thing, because I think because you told me mm. the whole time I couldn't enjoy it properly because I was just like, oh, I'm just waiting for him to turn into the bad guy. I'm just yeah. figuring out how that's, this is the bad guy thing. Oh yeah, I bet it's this. I bet it's mm. da, da, da. And so I couldn't actually like properly and fully immerse myself into it because mm. I was trying to figure out the plot the whole time. Um, but he was a really good bad guy. Like he did a great job of like being charming and like yeah. and tricking them. Even though you I see that's the thing, I knew I'm like, what's that Mysterio? I'm like, there's no way to do Mysterio and not making him a villain. Like he's such yeah. a good villain. Like mm. why wouldn't you just mm. take advantage of that? But like that bar scene, because the thing because I'm sitting there mm. and I'm just like, so how is he how is he being evil? Yeah. What is he doing that's evil? And then when the bar scene was all like fabricated, yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right, here we go. Because, yeah, you said something about like he can create illusions. Illusions. Yeah. Because in the comics, he's an ex, um, like, he's from the, he used to work in Hollywood, yeah. special effects artist. Yeah. Whereas in this, he was ex Tony. Yeah, Stark he said, that was what was really cool. Is like yeah. him and his team were all from Stark Industries. Yeah, I really liked that connection. And people who'd been let go. Yeah, exactly. Um, because Stark. because they're no longer making weapons, they're making yeah. like, good Well, he also developed the stuff. bath technology, which is the one where, mm. um, if you remember in Civil War, like you see Tony having the convers- last conversation with his parents as a simulation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So he was responsible for that, and he's mm. like, he called it barf. Mm. Um, yeah, there's so much good stuff in there. I was just trying to think. There's the Night Monkey, which is great. You have uh, yeah. um, Ned and Betty Brant's little romance. Remember how Ned was like, yes, yes, when you've been yes, in a relationship yes. as long as I have? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, it was really funny. And then, of course, like the big um, PS scene, which mm. is J. Jonas and Jameson's back. It's the same actor, J.K. Simmons, <laughs> bless you, Excuse from me. the original Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And they reveal Spider-Man's identity. Yeah, yeah, So when yeah. they did that, and then Sony was like, I want to make any more, I'm like... What? Because <laughs> it's going to change everything. And yeah, like, how right. are the Avengers going forward? Like, are mm-hmm. they going to work with Peter? And like, be like, oh, like clearly this is a mistake. They're like, no, Peter's a murderer. Mm. Like, um, and that was the last Marvel film, and that was July. Yeah. The next one is until like April next year. So I'm just wow. like, oh. mm. um, but also Disney Plus shows coming soon as well. So mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I um really enjoyed Far From Home. I don't know how I compare it to Homecoming, because I've only seen that one once, I've seen Homecoming a few times mm-hmm. now, um, but I really enjoyed Far From Home. I think I enjoyed Homecoming better. 
Oh, actually, you know what? Far From Home also has that scene, that wonderful scene um, where he's been hit by a train and yeah. he doesn't know who to trust because he's so messed up because yes. he's had all the illusions and Happy comes and picks him up and he just like, yeah. he's crying. He's just yeah. like, and he's like, um, he's like, just help me. And Happy's got the suit design thing on the ship. Yes. And he's like, they played the back in black from yes, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, And he's like, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. But just I love like, Led Zeppelin. and you see the way Happy looks at him. He's like, oh, I'm yeah. seeing Tony Stark 2.0. Like, yeah, his kid is exactly right. the same. Yeah. But like, nicer than Tony yeah, Stark. Yeah. Probably a nicer guy to work with, really. <laughs> and there's the whole Aunt May Happy romance thing yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I just remembered, sorry, we've got, we've got a list to go through. As well, when they're in like the Tower of London or whatever, mm. and Happy has like a shield and he throws it at the drone, but he can't oh, yeah. make it. It's like, how does Cap do this? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so good! It's so good. Um, the next movie on the list is another one that you didn't watch. I watched, mm-hmm. so I'll just talk about it because that was Hellboy. Oh, okay, yes, because that came out and I wanted to watch it. It took me forever to get around to seeing it, but I finally saw it, and people were like, like, it was not reviewing well at all, and it was totally fine. Like, it wasn't, like, a horrible movie at all. Like, it's still not the best movie. And, like, you, it's hard to compare this to Guillermo del Toro's films because mm. he's just so, like, he's an artist. Like, he's yeah. all about, like, beauty and visualization. Like, let's paint this world, and, mm. you know. And the director of this one is Neil Marshall, who is, like, a blood and guts director. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I was happy to see some blood and guts. So like, there's a lot of CGI, and some of the CGI doesn't work because mm. it's so CG heavy. Mm. Um... But if they do get around to making another one, I'll go check it out. Like, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much to say about Hellboy. Like, mm. I just go into it like, it'll be on Netflix soon enough, I'm sure, and then people can yeah. check it out themselves. But mm. yeah. Uh, then, we saw Toy Story 4. Yes. A movie that actually did have Buster Bluth in it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, and I remember, like, leading up to it, I think you, even more so than me, were like, why does this movie exist? Yeah, yeah. Like, you had no real interest in seeing it. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I mean, like, they've all been good, so we should check it out, I suppose. Mm. I really didn't like the trailers. Trailers weren't good. No, yeah, I, I really didn't like them. I was like, what the fuck is this Forky thing? Mm, yeah. I was like, I get the, the pr- I loved the idea of Forky, mm. you know, that a toy can come to life and a toy can be anything, just yeah. what a kid makes it to be. Mm. But, like, the trailers just were not good. It's going to throw some water. You keep talking about Toy Story. Um, but, yeah, but I think I, I really liked it. Look, I don't like it. It's probably one of my least favourite ones of the Toy Stories. I think I would rank it last. Yes. But that doesn't mean that it was bad. It was still really good. It's like, how do you compare, like, to the first three? Yeah, exactly. Um... And I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Forky as a character. <laughs> like how Woody had to deal with him the whole time. And he's just like trash. And then he like yeah. goes, it's like trying to cross the road. Like Woody's holding his hand, just a pipe cleaner and it comes off and all this kind of stuff yeah. like that. Like I thought that was really funny. Um, the antique store stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Bo Peep and like the whole like um, well, the, villains, the carnival yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the villains in Toy Story movies are always you the mean, same. You mean um, like... the four dummies that looked exactly like Jimmy Carr? <laughs> um, no, like there was the um, there was the doll. There was the girl, yeah. Yeah, the girl like doll. The, the villains in Toy Story are always the same. It's always a toy who's been um, rejected. Yeah, that's right. Um, for whatever reason, I felt like plot-wise, this had the least going on. Like it felt very quick as well. It was just kind of 
Um, I don't. I've, well, I think I remember sitting in the cinemas feeling like it was really long. Oh, okay. Um, I liked the Bo Peep stuff. Like she was the renegade toy who was like saving yeah, the yeah, toys yeah. And like stuff. that was cool. It was almost like Harriet Tubman's Underground Railroad. I feel like. I feel like. Oh yeah, that's true. I feel like all the concepts were really cool, mm. but I don't know. There was just something a little. A little just sort of... Do- it, like, it just chugged along. It felt... Yeah, like, there was... It wasn't bad. wasn't amazeballs. It was good. It the, just chugged along. It had the thing... It lacked the same thing that I think the Aladdin remake lacked, which is kind of grandeur. Like, you're so used to... Um, mm. Like, there's toys... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's just being 30. Mm. But I don't know. Like, Toy Story 3, I was in my 20s. And mm. I was like, this is amazing. But I tell you what... Oh my god, the CG was good. Yeah, great CGI. Absolutely, mate. Because um, Toy Story 1 was on the drama stimulus for the solo, so I had to rewatch it. And it was after I'd just seen Toy Story 4. I was like, oh my god, Toy Story 1 is dog shit compared to <laughs> Toy Story 4 in terms of like CGI. And, and you effects. don't think about it. Like you you don't, don't think about it because as you, like, it just progresses as you progress. But if you were to go back and watch Toy Story 1 now, like you, you see Sid and like Sid's dog. Yes, it's dog. It's just dog. like this is shit. It's also like um the same thing with like Wallace and Gromit. If you like yeah. forgot about Wallace and then you go watch the first one, it's like why is his head all wonky? <laughs> yeah, like, lumpy he looks, and everything. He looks malnourished. What's going yeah. on? Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. I like Kim Peel as the stuffed toys. From oh the yeah, yeah, they were like, funny. They were, they were good. Um, and like the ending was like a really bold choice to have Woody. Oh, when they kept attacking the grandma in the antics, oh, yeah. like the hypothetical. Trying to kill her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was really good. I forgot about that. Um, so we get the key. But then the ending was just to like. Woody choosing to be like, you know what, I'm not going to have a child anymore. I'm just going to yeah, go Yeah, so own that's life. the thing. I think the concept behind mm. it all and like was him really good. And Buzz, like, separating. Like, yeah. Which means they probably won't make another film yet. Because, no, like, yeah. Which is good. I don't think he needs mm. it anymore. Like, it may have been... Oh, you couldn't really do it with three. There's so much going on in three. But, like, to me, it's like, you can't... If you do another film, they have to reunite and then negate everything that was done in this one. Yeah. Um... They need to go back. Didn't they have a TV show? It was like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Like it I was. think so. Yeah, they seem to do something like that. Like just yeah, do, give Buzz yeah, like his own Disney Plus right. show. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought Toy Story Four was fun. Yeah. Again, playing on my top ten list of the year, but yeah, it was mm. fun. Um, now the next film is probably one that I think we probably have different. Opi- uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Lion King. Yeah, I think we do have different opinions on this. I really, really wanted to like Lion King. I really, really did like Lion King. Okay. And I think I stand alone in this camp because majority of people really did not like it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. But I think, like, one of the biggest problems I had with the film, and I never... I noticed it first with the Jungle Book adaptation. Mm. And then I noticed it even more with this one. Aside from the fact that, like, you can get way more emotion out of cartoons than you can out of CGI. Yeah. Um... If you do a, a live action or like a realistic CGI movie in which animals are fighting, mm. it's not pleasant to watch. Yeah, it's pretty traumatizing. Like if you watch like um, the scar scene at the end, like they're yeah. like attacking each yeah. other, fighting each other, yeah, and that there's was no blood. Traumatizing. And like again, just like the Jungle Book, like someone gets thrown into a fire. Yeah. It's just like, holy Christ, like, this is not pleasant. Like, it's really upsetting. Mm. I mean, maybe if you don't have animals, maybe it's less unpleasant, but I don't know. Like, because I guess you don't, you don't think about the violence in a cartoon. No, that's right. Um, because you can't, you don't see the same realistic attachment to it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, wow, it's really brutal. Um, 
I think I said like if they had a release as an audio book, it would have yeah. I would have loved it. Yeah. I don't think any of the problems with the voice casting. I think they've all the, yeah, no, except absolutely. for I would say like, and I love Donald Glover. Him and Beyonce had nothing to do in that show, man. Like yeah. they had to like play the most basic kind of character. Like so, you never like, like when they're singing, it's cool. Mm, mm. But like when they like their story, like those characters are kind of. Just like, we are the main character, we are the heroes, we must be ushered through the world. Mm. But, you know, like, John Oliver Zazu is fantastic. Like, yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. And, um, and... Uh, who plays Rafiki? The guy who plays Rafiki. I liked that. I can't remember well. who played Rafiki. Um, but then, like, um, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner. Yeah, yeah. They great. were hilarious. They were great. Um, and who played... Uh, who played, um... Scar? It wasn't Jeremy Irons. It was Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. And I thought he was good as well. Yeah. Well, not as good as Jeremy Irons, yeah. but like in a world where they didn't decide not to get But him. yeah, I think that was the thing. So when we walked out of the cinema, um, I yeah, I really liked it. I, did, I wasn't like, oh my God, it was the best one ever. But I really liked it. I liked it more so than you. And I remember saying to you, I think the reason, the, the thing that is the biggest flaw with it is because the faces can't emote. Yeah. Because animals can't emote their faces. They can't raise eyebrows or, or look like they're crying. Mm. Um, and it's and weird so, if they do. And it's weird if they do. So I think that's where the main issue lies. That So so the the voice is presenting this like, mm. like Simba's dad and has just died, mm. but the face is quite, you know, bland. Yeah. It just looks like a lion's face. Um, but yeah, no, I still really... Is that bird on the ceiling? Maybe, I still really enjoyed it because I thought it looked stunning. And I think everybody said that they had issues with the way that the um, animals were animated to talk. But I didn't see any issues. Yeah, I can't remember It didn't now. look like bad CGI to me because everybody was like, oh, it looked like really bad CGI. I was like, are you kidding me? That looks like a lion. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad CGI. I just felt like... Um... <clears throat> yeah, it's that unca- it's the uncanny valley type thing where it's like mm. the longer, um, like the more realistic it is, the weirder it gets because it shouldn't. They're doing things they shouldn't be doing, like mm. talking mm. and singing. Mm. Um, but the thing is, I think my brain once my brain sort of accepted that after like the first two minutes, mm. whatever, I was fine. Yeah, so oh, I, d- I wasn't Do like I, mean? I wasn't like oh this is weird to look at, but I just felt like an emotional disconnect because mm. I was like well. I think I did too. Mm. I definitely felt an emotional disconnect walking out of the cinema. Um, so I really liked it mainly because of the, the visuals of it and because it was funny as well with um, with Timon and Pumbaa. Like if you compare it to something like Detective Pikachu, for example, like mm. even though the, the Pokemon look real, real-ish, real-ish yeah. you can tell that like... They're still cartoony animated. Yeah, but it works for them because they've got that... Um, animated quality, mm. you can kind of almost because they're they're able to be more expressive because they are animated. Yeah. Whereas these animals couldn't be expressive mm. because an animal's face doesn't do that. Like mm. even like our dogs, like yeah. they express, like they have facial expressions. Some do funny things, but in, they're know. not like extremes by facial expressions. Like Loki will give you puppy dog eyes. Yeah. But that's about it. And they'll really. smile, but it's not necessarily an intentional smile. It's no. just like the way their face curves. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I didn't hate it. There's mm. nothing on this list. I, I don't think there's anything on this list that I hated. Um, no, I don't think so actually. Mm. Um, but again, I was just kind of like, eh, like when the original exists and exists so perfectly, it's hard yeah. to 
improve on that. Yeah. Um, cool. Then I watched a couple of movies without you, so we'll go through them quickly. The first was Dark Phoenix, the mm-hmm. final X, f- final Fox X-Men movie. Because mm-hmm. um, New Mutants, who knows what's going on with that now. Um, but it, it belongs to Disney. Um, but Dark Phoenix, the final one, we've seen them kind of do this story once already in X-Men 3, The Last Stand. No doubt at some point Disney, or, or Marvel I should say, will take a crack at it as well. Mm. Um, and it was fine yeah i didn't have any i didn't hate it the way like people like hated this movie mm. but it was garbage i didn't think that it had um i thought all the mutant fights were great because mm. that's what you want from an x-men film like if you're gonna have people like characters with powers fighting you want to see it done well and when they were done well like when they were done they were done well mm. it was just like there's a lot of stuff in between like a lot of chuffer um and like the villains which were just like random aliens I was just kind of like, yeah, like, um, okay, yeah. like, it's, it, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there was, yeah, like, I don't remember it that much, which is probably, like, a pretty strong review of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I remember X-Men Apocalypse more. I've only seen that once. I saw that, like, three years ago. Yeah. And I remember liking lots of things that had some of my favourite Magneto stuff in it, even though the film itself wasn't great. Mm. Um, but this one, like, it was just, it was fine. You know, it's... It's tough because it was Simon Kinberg's first film that he's ever directed. He's produced all the X-Men film. He finally got to direct one. This is the one he directed. And it kind of... like, And it was the last one. So it was like their chance to be like, all right, well, Fox aren't making any more X-Men films. This is our statement. This is what yeah. we have to say about the X-Men. So the last one to say... And it was just fine. Yeah. So, like, it was... I don't know. Like, I'm looking forward to mutants popping well, up. Well, what about it was that um, not... What, what was it about it that made you... That made it fall flat? I just think like the story wasn't super compelling. Yeah. Um, character motivations like character motivations weren't super strong. Like they got this weird timeline thing. Like ever since they rebooted it with um, First Class, because First Class was set in the sixties. Yeah. And then Days of Future Past is set in the future, but also the seventies. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse is set in the eighties, and this is set in the nineties. All four films star Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique, and she looks pretty much the same in every single one. Like, yeah. There's this weird age thing, and that's not a thing that's attributed to the X-Men, so I don't know why they felt the need to put a different film in each decade. Like, there's yeah. no need to do it. Yeah. They just did it because they could. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. Like, this is a whole... Like, it's just... The timeline thing doesn't even bother me that much, but, like, now that I've thought about it, I'm like, oh, I wish they didn't do that. Mm. Um, it's just not... Super exciting. Like, they've done so many X-Men films. Mm. Uh, and the last really good one was probably... Like, not ex- not including Logan, which is amazing. Logan's still one of my favourite superhero films of all time. Mm. Um, I think not including that one, the last one they did really well was probably First Class. Mm. Like, since then, they've kind of just trudged along, being like, hey, it's in the future and the past, so you'll love it. And mm. I'm like, oh, your big final act is he moves the stadium, okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, the road cut is much better. I saw the extended cut of it, and it was... It flowed better, but still, like... Not the best X-Men film. And Apocalypse has some interesting stuff in there, but not a perfect film. And most of the Wolverine films aren't very good. Mm. And um, Deadpool 1 and 2 are pretty good, but, like, still don't have the same... Like, they, they're lacking what the X-Men film... The, the earlier X-Men film have. Um, which is, like, good teams and, like, just cool use of characters and, like... I don't know. That, um... That line about what happens to frogs in lightning... <laughs> the same as everything else. Yeah, not the first else. one. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about X-Men 2. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So that was fine. And then the next thing I watched after that was a documentary called Hail Satan, 
Um, and it's about the rise of the satanic church in um, America. Mm-hmm. And it's a new, like, it's a new religion. It's not like Satanism as um, Anton LaVey kind of discussed in the 70s. Mm. Um, it's like this kind of more about um, celebration of self and then non... Um, it's hard to explain because it's been a little while since I watched this one as well. But basically they just um, don't believe in religion at all. Yeah. They call it Satan because they know it like will annoy people. Yeah. But for them it's less about like worshipping like some sort of... Um, dark being and more mm. just being like, look, we think that there should be equality for all religions, and that includes no religion. So, for example, like they lived, uh, one of the guys was in the Midwest, I think, and um, one of the, a lot of the um, courts there have the um, Twelve Commandments at the front, mm. and they're like, well, come on, you can't have religion and politics combined because then they influence one another, and that's not how it should be. Mm. And they're like, so that's cool. If you want to do that, that's fine. But based on the way America um, views religion and equality for all, we request that you erect a statue of Baphomet. And Baphomet Baphomet is like the devil with the breasts. Yeah. And like, so they like, and they got someone to cart, like make one. So there's a big statue of the devil and like two children looking up at Satan. Yeah. Like, um, and they tried to get like it all. And like the whole documentary, like just kind of follows their journey Mm. to do that. But then also like different um, sects of Satanism throughout um, America. Mm. And even going so far as to like them excommunicating someone. Because there's like this one like leader of, um, um, like a, uh, one of the sects of the satanic church and in one of her like um uh sermons she invokes like the murder of trump yeah and they're like they excommunicate that whole um branch like you can't do that like we're not about that mm. like we don't mind you like feeling political but we're non-violent mm. so like and part of me kind of feels like they're just like look i have to say that because of satanists yeah, yeah, yeah but at the same time i was like oh like cool like they've got like legit standards and stuff mm. um but um, it's a really, like, fascinating documentary. Really entertaining and fun. Yeah. Like, it's fun as well. And at the end of it, like, I can be honest, like, I was like, hmm. Not a bad, like, yeah, I'm, a really, not a bad I'm not, not really a religious guy, but, like, I kind of get into this Satanism yeah. thing. Plus, you get, like, a black business card or something like that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so that was one of, like, the more, one of the more undiscovered gems of the year, I think. Like, that was a really fun doc. Which a documentary should be. Like, I think, like... I mean, not... I mean, you can't always, like, you know, for example, West Memphis or whatever, you can't really make fun because it's about child murder. But um, this sort of stuff, like, you need to present it in an entertaining way, and they absolutely did it. Mm. A little brief intermission. um, Because we are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve movies in on a list. But we are coming in towards the end now. There's only about six or seven more to go. Um, But then we went and saw again after Hail Satan, which I watched Mm -hmm. by myself. Uh, we went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yes. That's right. This is a real, like, flashback yeah, episode. Yeah, okay. Oh, now, now, okay, so i got some things to say about this one, but you go first. Um, well, yeah, I remember watching it and thinking, huh. Hmm. I, I knew going in that it was a, um, about the Manson murders, or at least at the time of the Manson murders. Yes, I did not. Which is funny, because if you listen to the last episode of this show... I'm pretty sure I say, like, oh, and to be about the Manson murders. Like, we did yeah. talk about it. Um, so, I had no idea that it was about the Charles Manson murders. So, that whole <laughs> plot, I had no idea. First of all, I didn't know that... Who's the movie director that the, that Margot Robbie played the wife of? Polanski. Polanski. So, I had no idea 
I know I know who Roman Polanski is, but I had no idea that his wife got murdered. Did she get murdered by Charles Manson? Yeah. Not so by Charles Manson. Charles Manson. By Charles Manson's followers. Yeah. So I had no idea. I, all I, I know nothing about the Charles Manson things. All I know was that he was a murderer. I didn't know that it took place in California. Mm. I didn't know that it was mainly around hippies. I didn't know that he killed Roman Polanski's wife. I knew nothing. So this whole plot, I'm just like... What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I guess if you're if you're aware of it, it doesn't mm. make it be strange. It's very different for Tarantino. Um, yeah, I um the more distance I have from the film, the more I find myself having enjoyed it. But like, he just kind of goes on long winded character studies in this film. Like, yeah, there's a lot of DiCaprio just being an actor. Yeah, which is fine. Like, yeah. it's cool. Um. But, like, it's three hours long. We're just under three hours long. Mm. And it takes a while to kind of tie together. Um, hands down, Brad Pitt is the star of this movie for me. Oh, he's brilliant. He's so good. He's got a real, mm. like, Robert Redford thing going on. He's mm. got, like, this like this kind of charming older guy. Um, I didn't have the issues with it that the press seemed to have with the whole Bruce Lee thing. Like, Yeah, no, I thought that was fine. Maybe Wait, it's because we're racist. I, no. get, I get that, like, it was kind of like... We're not a, racist. I get that it was... I get that, like, it felt a little bit stereotyped and a bit, like, kind of cartoonish yeah. stuff. But also, you have to remember, this is made by the guy who killed Hitler in a film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't play by the rules. He mm. doesn't tell... Like, he's not... If you want to make a biography, he would have made a biography. He's not doing yeah. that. He's doing his own thing. Um, I'm a bit sniffly now. Yeah, no, I had no idea. I thought mm. it was literally just about Leonardo DiCaprio's character mm. being friends with... Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. So then, so I I loved that final fight scene. That was amazing. Yeah. But like, you're like, cool. I just watched two hours and forty five minutes to get to this ten minute fight scene. Yeah. Um, do you know um, what I mean? Like, I felt like like nothing happened for most of the movie, and then all of a sudden they just packed it all in the last ten minutes. Like that whole when Brad Pitt goes to. The California ranch, not California ranch, the, the hippie ranch, yeah. where all the hippies are, you're like, cool, something's going to happen. Nothing happens. Like, literally, nothing happens. Yeah, it definitely felt like um, he was, well, I mean, I think even Terrence said he was kind of like telling a fairy tale. He was like... A fairy tale where nothing happens? Well, I suppose, like, it was just more like him going kind of flights of fancy and and just kind of whimsing about a little bit, whereas, you know, like... Because Hateful Eight is very similar in that it's mm. three hours long, not a lot happens for a long time, but it builds tension the entire time. Yeah. Like, you have 11 people locked in, or well, eight people, I should say, locked in a room. Yeah. Like, who don't like each other, and mm. are, like, slowly, like, getting closer and closer to killing each other. Yeah. Whereas this, you have the whole landscape of California. Yeah. And, like, kind of, it's almost, like, there is no structure or story to a lot of it. Yeah. Which is fine. You can mm. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that going in. Like, mm. the trailers, you know, were sold like a traditional Tarantino film where there's a yeah. lot, of, lot of stuff going on. Exactly. And it just kind of meanders. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I didn't dislike it because of that. But I just know that, like, it took me a while to be kind of like, did I like this movie or do I not like this movie? Like, how do I feel about this movie? I liked lots of bits of this movie. Mm. Um, but then when I came out of Inglourious Bastards for the first time, which is one of my favorite Tarantino films, first time I came out, I'm like... Just a movie about movies mm. set in World War Two, mm. and then like the longer I, the like every time I watch it, I'm like, this is great. Like, it's I think the other thing is is that a lot of the time you're 
like the lead up to this, we're like, oh my god, it's it's Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's first movie together. Their first movie together. Mm. It's gonna be amazing. And it was fine. I think it deserves some rewatch as well. Like it's been a while since we've seen it, and we saw it late. Like I think we saw it like a later session, and this is a yeah. three-hour movie. Mm. Um, and now that you know a little bit more about it, like what the story was and stuff, it might be. Like it might yeah. earn itself a rewatch as well. I think I definitely needed to know all that historical context before going in, and like that's my own fault. Mm. That's not Tarantino's fault. Yeah, it definitely um, is my fault. Mm. But it does. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, but it, obviously, it's, that impacts my enjoyment of the film. Um, I really, I mean, like this is always me. I really liked watching it because I liked watching. The set and the costumes and the all that sort of stuff like that. Like I'm a big mm. stagecraft person, so I really like the way the movie looked. Like yeah. it looked amazing, and all the 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 acting was great. Like Margot Robbie um, was fantastic. Leonardo DiCaprio was great. Brad Pitt was great. Um, all the creepy hippies were really creepy. Mm. Um, so yeah, like that was all. That was all. Well, all great. Wait. But that's the thing that I struggle with with Tarantino movies. I'll either like love them or just be like, "This isn't worth my time." Mm. Um, I suppose this one, I liked it, but it's leaning more towards the I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, or at I, least not for a long time. One of my favorite things they did in the film, which I didn't, um, we haven't talked about yet, is mm. how he superimposed DiCaprio. Into like the Great Escape, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, you couldn't, it yeah, was flawless. Like, yeah. I don't know how he did it, yeah, because it looks like it's shot the same way. I like, really, I really felt for DiCaprio's character. I yeah, really definitely. loved DiCaprio's character. And I want to say more about um, Brad Pitt's character, yeah, because his wife disappears, he, and he's quiet for a lot of the mm. a lot of the movie. He's very quiet, and like that's the thing. Like I like him in the movie. Mm. Like, I like his performance. But he's not a good dude. No. Um. Well, like, at least there's a lot more to, to him that we don't know. And, like, that's a lot the movie. more of a darker side. That's the movie I like to see. Like, what mm. happened to his wife, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but, um... Yeah. I really like their friendship as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, you're right, that final scene, like, with the, um, yeah. the dog food. He throws yeah. the dog food yeah. can and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Doesn't he what... smash her head on a... Mantle the mantle. Yeah, he like just goes bang, and her face just completely caves in. Yeah, it's definitely one of the least violent Tarantino films. Yeah, because it's just that one scene. Yeah, really like, it takes so long. I'm just I was thinking. Like, I mean, the one that one scene is intense because yeah. I remember you sitting next to me and you just went, "Holy fuck!" Like yeah. that. Um, um, yeah, I was like, I like it just came out of nowhere. Mm. Like, and it is, it's very quick and brutal. It was almost too violent for me. Mm. And maybe I've just been lulled into a false sense of security. I think, and and that's what I think the movie did well. Yeah. Like, it, it's just calm, like, almost like drug, like, chug along, mm. where you start to, like, lull yourself to say, and then bang, this scene happens. Yeah, because if you think about it, every other one, because I was going to do a big Tarantino rewatch, I watched mm. one film and that's as far as I got. Yeah. Um, maybe Jackie Brown is another one that's not super violent. Mm. Um, I haven't seen Jackie Brown about over a decade, but, like, the only other ones are... Pretty consistently violent, so... Yeah. Um, and then after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I saw a couple more movies by myself. Um, well, not by myself, but not with you. I went and saw It Chapter 2 with uh, Nick, our missing compadre today. 
Um, and I really liked it. I thought it was really did a really good job um, up until maybe the final act. Because mm-hmm. um, I read the book last year um, mm. after I saw the, the part one. Last, no, 2017. Mm. Wow, it's been two years. Um, did I read It last year though? I can't remember when I read It. I think it was last year. Yes, because I read um, Misery and everything last year as well. Yeah. Um, but I went to it part two, um, and yeah, it's re- it does a really good job. Like it does a really good job of a- adapting the book. Um, like obviously you can't get everything in there because it's like a fourteen hundred page book. Like, it's yeah. really long. But um, they did a really good job of like continuing the story. Um, they didn't make the adults boring, which is what I hated about the miniseries. Mm. Like because the kids stuff is all really fascinating, and then the grown ups like I don't know whether they weren't trying or mm. whatever, but like this wasn't as compelling. This wasn't the case at all, like a stellar cast. It made me jump a few times, like it had some good scares in it. Um, a lot of stuff was very book accurate despite not being able to cover everything. Mm. They had a nice little Stephen King cameo in there, which I really liked. Nice. Um, but yeah, the, the third act is just, it's tough because it, they did they changed it from the book a little bit because in the book a lot of it's like in their imagination and stuff and you yeah. can't really do that mm. in the movie. You can't just like put the camera on people like with their eyes closed and make that compelling necessarily. Yeah. Mm. Um, so like they did some stuff and it was okay, but like it was just, um, they went for spectacle. Yeah. Um, which you, I don't know, like you didn't necessarily need. Um, and they didn't do the turtle, which I really wanted. Mm. Um, but, um, but aside from that, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was solid like, and like legitimately scary. Like there were times where I jumped, um, and I knew that I would jump and I still jumped. Mm. Um, because basically what they do in the, the film is, like, the kids all separated at the end of the first movie. And they all went off to live their own lives, except for one who stayed in Derry. And they all come back when um, It returns. Mm. And so the movie, which is also... Like, there's, there's a lot of three-hour movies out this year. Like, mm. Endgame was three hours. Once yeah. Upon a Time, Hollywood is three hours. This one's about three hours. The mm. next one I'm going to talk about is about three hours. Um, but at the mid-section of that film, it's just each of them on their first day alone back in Derry and how it comes to confront them in different ah, ways. Cool. So there's an hour of that film we just constantly like, oh, I'm going to jump soon because it's going to show up mm-hmm. the next time round. Mm-hmm. Um, it was done really well. I think like that sort of Was thing. it a clown every time that it no. showed up? No. That's right. No. I didn't think so. No. Um, like the clown is just kind of like its preferred shape, I guess. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's the best way for it to like lure children. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that clown is going to lure kids and not frighten them away. Um, yeah, but if he's... you wanted to lure kids, you'd like turn to a giant piece of candy or something. Um, well, like in the in the first one with, with Georgie, who is um, Bill's brother, who's the mm. first child that gets killed in the book, um, that we witness, like he, using his powers, like he guides Georgie's sailboat down into the... Um, the sewer, yeah, and then he's like, he's like, oh, I've got it. He's like, um, and like, just by being friendly and cheerful and stuff, mm. he like lures Georgie and be like, mm. you know, but yourself, but I can give it. So like, he mm. usually manipulates them and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's not a perfect film, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that like, they really tried to make the adult story work, and they succeeded. I think. Yeah. Like the conclusion was a little bit weak, but um, but aside from that, it was I, I had a really good time with it. Mm. And then the next movie I saw, which is probably in my top three movies of the year, um, and that was Midsommar. Yeah. Directed by Ari Aster, who directed Hereditary last year, um, which was the first film to like freak me out in a long, long time. I remember mm. we talked about it, and I was just like, I think I did a review by myself, because I was just mm. like, 
I don't know what to say about this film. Like, it scared me. I can't stop thinking about it. Like, it's not... Like, because that movie was relentlessly dark. Mm. And so and I didn't like the way I felt. I remember we went out for dinner that night, like, as a family. Mm. And even my parents were like, are you okay? I'm like, I just saw this movie. I can't get out of my head. Mm. And, like, I walked the dogs, and, like, when the sun tried to feel better, and it was, like, the minute I went outside, like, the clouds came out. <laughs> and there was, like, a dead bird on the... Oh yeah, that's and right. if you've seen the movie, like that, that's pretty significant to the movie. Yeah, and I just couldn't like escape it, and like for a couple of days, it just felt like this darkness over me. And now yeah. I'm at the point where I want to watch it again because I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, like that movie's so good. So I was really looking forward to this guy's next thing, and the trailer came out earlier this year, and all I knew was like it was a movie about a cult, which I mm. love. Mm. I love movies about cults, and it's set in Sweden, and it's like during this festival that happens like once every ninety years. Um, and it's got Cheedy from Good Place in it. Yeah. Um, and Will Poulter, who's the kid with the eyebrows. Mm. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I want to check this out. And it took me a long time to get around to seeing it because it wasn't showing very many places. Um, but yeah, it's hands down easily one of my favorite films of the year. It's two and a half hours long. Mm. It's like I watched The Making of the other day and they, the director was like, this isn't really a horror film. It's a fairy tale. Like we want to tell, oh, no, no, a folk tale. Mm. Uh, he's like, and yes, like there's some weird stuff and some scary stuff, and we do want to like scare you, but we're not about cheap jump scares. We're about like the ritualistic. Kind he's of... talked about catharsis, yeah, Cathar- having a cathartic experience. Mm. Yeah, you caught the end of the documentary when yeah. I was watching it. Mm. Um, and so basically, it's about this um, young woman who, at the start of the film, her whole family dies, which is just like hereditary. Like mm. kind of like it's it's very like it starts off in a similar place to hereditary, which is like. It's very family-oriented in a different way. And her family dies, and, like, she just can't cope. And, like, she's with this boyfriend who she's very codependent on. Mm. And, like, all of his friends are, like, you're to leave her. Like, even, even before, like, the family died, like, she's just... Like, they've got a terrible relationship. Like, they're yeah. just not, like, on the same page at all. And they end up going to Sweden with their, like, kind of foreign exchange student friend to, like, study their culture and stuff. Because two of them are, like, um, sociologists or mm. whatever. And then just, like, weird stuff starts happening, just, like, very slowly. And they take their time, as I said, it's beautiful. Like, all the costumes are, like, individually hand-stitched. Like, mm. They're really, like, built... Like, they built the whole village from scratch in a field. Mm. Um, and just little strange things come up, uh, you know, kind of start happening, like... And if you watch, there's a moment in the film where the camera pans across and shows, like, um, this mural on the wall. And, like, I kind of noticed it in the movie but didn't pay too much attention then at the end of the movie I was like oh I was reading online people like if you look at that mural it tells you what's going to happen in the film Mm. like every single like thing on that mural Mm. happens in the film Mm. one by one by one Mm. um, I like when movies do that and it's very it's a very quiet film like it's very like you could misconstrue it as being boring if you don't have if you're not patient with it Mm. because it's kind of like wow this is some long shots and nothing's happening but Mm. it's all about just kind of same thing with her hereditary did, which was like, it's not about jump scares. It's about showing you things and making you deal with them. Mm. Like just handle it. Um, and it has some of the most brutally violent moments I've ever seen in a film. Like, there's this ritualistic suicide scene where these two old people, like, jump off a cliff. Mm. And the first is the woman, and she jumps, and she lands face down on a rock. And you mm. see, like, the face come off, mm. and, like bits of skull and stuff and then the second is this old guy and he doesn't fall properly so he lands straight on his legs and like his legs uh, snaps yeah, to really one side me, and yeah. stuff and it's, I was just like I would and like and again like they just show you this stuff and mm. like they just kind of sit on I was like oh my god like that is human meat and like yeah. it's done it just presents it to you and makes you deal with it um 
and like it's just I don't know like it's exactly like what I, I didn't know what I to expect from this film but it's exactly what I wanted from the film was mm. just like this is what it's like to be in a cult mm. and like they're not evil like then it's not like they're like they do some weird stuff and they do kill people so I guess they are evil mm. but they're not presented as like kind of like must again like mustache twirling villains like plotting to get the children yeah. like they're not like that at all it's like this is how we live and like this is uh, uh, this festival we celebrate once every 90 years and this is mm. what we're going to do um, and like there are selfish characters, like there's this girl who's kind of like flirting with the main character's boyfriend and like, oh, she's got a crush on him, but she wants to get pregnant. And if you know anything about movies with cults, mm. like there's going to be some sort of like weird sex stuff and there yeah. is. Mm. Um, and like she does weird stuff to like his food and stuff, which I won't get into because it's kind of gross. Mm. Um, but just flaw and flawless and like stunning to look at, like just beautifully shot, mm. like just all the images are so crisp and um, even like the most violent stuff on there. Cause there's some, it's not super violent. There are a couple of moments. Like, there's a moment with the cliff diving, but it's shot beautifully. Mm. Um, and there's a moment later where you, they find, you see this corpse like strung up in the rafters of this room and the, ca- the character has been butterflied. And what that oh, means is no. the skin was pulled yeah. and the lungs are pulled through like wings. Wow, yeah. But the corpse is covered in like flowers and wreaths. And like yeah. you look at it and it's, and it's messed up. You're also kind of like, oh, it's also kind of really pretty, mm. but also messed up. Yeah. Um, and they just released it on Blu-ray and I now have it. And there's 20 more minutes of footage in it. So there's a, it's a three hour movie. So I'm like, well, at some point I have to watch this again. Yeah. I've got three hours to kill. Um, but I loved it. Like Midsummer is hands down on the in like the top three movies of my of this year for me so nice. far. And now we're going to move into another film that's probably my top three. And you saw it with me, and we also saw it with Nick, and that was Joker. Yes, yes. Todd Phillips's Joker, which has just crossed a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first R-rated film to do so. I think mm-hmm. they said. Um, I don't know if that's right, but like maybe it's the first R-rated film in October. Like they have weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. I'll let you talk a bit because I've been talking for a while. Um, it was great, man. Like, it was so good. Like, each time you go, I don't know if they can make a better Joker. Mm. Um, bar the Jared Leto one. Um, Which, again, like... Cause it wasn't that, bad, yeah, it wasn't... He just didn't have enough time to, to use yes. it, do that character. Like, he's only yeah. in it for, like, ten minutes. You know, yeah. But it was it was fantastic and it is a great look at the psychosis of that character because every time you're exposed to a character like the Joker, it's when he's already become the Joker. So you go, oh, yeah, he's crazy. Mm. Like, he's just crazy. He just wants to see the world burn. He just wants to destroy everything. Mm. Um, And so this was obviously, like, the great um, understanding as to why he does things. But, like... Oh, like Joaquin Phoenix does such a good job, such a good job with it. Um, and just like, you know, the fact that the laughing is a condition. I love that. I, and everything. I can't believe how much I enjoyed that because I was like, going in, I was like, we don't need an origin for mm. Joker. Until See, was... I love origin movies. I do too, but like, there's certain characters that don't need an origin. And mm. they, they did do an origin for the Joker in the, in the, the 89 Batman. It was just like, oh, he fell into a puddle that of acid. acid. He was already crazy in that because of Jack yeah. Nicholson, who's mm. bit, like crazy. Mm. But so I was like, I don't necessarily need that, but until the trailers come, I'm like, okay, I can see this. And yes, like the fact that the the laughter is a nervous tick. Yeah. Which yeah. I loved. And they got me again. Mm. Like I remember when I saw Dark Knight 
and they were like, and he's like, you want to know how I got these scars? And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to know because I don't want to know how you're created. Mm. And then, like, he tells multiple versions of the story. I'm like, yeah. oh, you got me. In mm. this one, again, like, they do, like, spoilers. They said Thomas Wayne is his father. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, the whole time, I'm like, oh, what an interesting wrinkle. And I remember yeah. I didn't hate it. Mm. So I remember at one point you're like, you okay with that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I'm kind of down with it. And then, of course, it's it not, not true. Really, yeah, it's because not true, he was yeah. adopted. Like, his mum isn't even his mum. And yeah. I was like, you got me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love, like, the... It's, it, like, like Gotham was already broken. Yeah. It was already broken. And Gotham has always been broken. But, yeah, it was already broken. And, like, the creation of the Joker helped ruin it. Even yeah. more helped become what it is today it, for Batman to then step in mm. and try and fix it. Like it united the common bad. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it, like it did introduce chaos into Gotham. Yeah, and it's funny. Like after Dark, because before that it was just like petty crimes and you know homelessness mm. and like and a general and stuff. yeah and general. General sadness and depression. Like it's the eighties. Like, yeah. Uh, like that is eighties. It's New like York. it's eighties like, London as well. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I, no, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it could have been shaved off by just ten minutes. Yeah. I reckon ten minutes could have just shaved it off. Because um, there was a point just before it gets to its climax, and it's like falling action and everything. Where I was like, oh, we better be getting there soon because I just just needed to move just a tiny bit faster. Um, but there's um there's a moment before the final the final bit in the mm. um in the studio where he's in yeah. his apartment and it's just painted white. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that is terrifying. Like, uh-huh. That is even more terrifying than the Joker look. Mm. Like mm. just that is like painting his tongue, which you see in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the film is oddly funny, like, which it should yeah. be. Like, the Joker is a funny character, like, not funny ha-ha, like, oh, he's such a... Man, he's such a good time to be around, yeah. but, like, he's just... He's just such a, like, twisted view of the world that, like, you have to laugh at how uncomfortable it is. Mm. And the film nails it in the tone. Yeah. But you know what I loved watching? I loved watching it and, unfortunately, going... You know, you can relate to little bits and pieces. So, like, oh, when yeah. he's reenacting things in his room mm. and he's, like, just got to sit just right and mm. then he says the line and then he's like, no, no, no that's not right. Yeah. And then he says it again. And that's the sort of thing that I do when I have, like, arguments with people in my head. I'll be like, no, 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 i got to say that line again. And you go, shit, like, am I crazy? Well, the film also has, a th- has this kind of thesis about it, which is, like, one bad day. Yeah. And, like, there is something kind of scary about it, where I was like, like, you kind of, you put the dots in, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess, like, if I had one really, really, really bad day, like, yeah. I could see, like, certain, like, maybe, Snapping. like, maybe I couldn't go into a studio and shoot someone in the head, but, like. Yeah, but if you're, like, that's, that's coming from a person who's stable. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are unstable. Yeah. And it has one bad day, because that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Like, every week in America. Yeah, exactly. But, um. And it's funny, like, because I was thinking about it, and after that, I was like, man, like, you think The Dark Knight plays so straight and serious. Yeah. And then you look at this movie, and you're like, that Batman could not work in this film. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Ben Affleck Batman couldn't work in this movie. Mm. Like, you would have to do... I don't know how you do Batman in that movie. Yeah. Because it's so... Like, that is the most grounded... I mean, I remember I thought, like, Logan was grounded, 
And I feel like Watchmen was pretty grounded. If you mm. watch Watchmen now, like it's so colourful, like it's so yeah. grounded. But certain films, like oh, they've really nailed how realistic this is. Mm. Like how much more ris- realistic can you get? Like I feel like Joker has set the new benchmark. Mm. Like I don't know how you go more realistic and grounded. Mm. Have you looked into all of the theories? Um, I looked like how of... that the whole movie is actually just one psychosis yeah, like and that. stuff like that. I've seen that. I don't like that. Mm. Um, because I don't like because yeah, there was the thing with the girl as well, which yeah. I totally. I was like, man, their romance blossomed quick, and never once mm-hmm. second guessed it. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, what are you doing? He's crazy. Yeah, and then like the reveal, I was like, oh, it's like that. You got me again. Like yeah. I don't know. I, like the minute he walked in, I was like, oh, she's, oh, she has. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like this film and this and Joaquin are gonna be up for a bunch of awards. If they're yeah. not, I'll be. I'll Livid. Be, no, I'll, but I'll be surprised. Yeah. Like, the same way I was with Logan. Like, Logan got nominated for one thing, and that film should be no, nominated for so many more things. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Joke was pretty, like, pretty spot on. Like, yeah, like, there are a couple of... There, there is room for more. Like, there's room for kind of, like, you could cut a few minutes out of it. Like, it's mm. not a perfect film, mm. but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. And for a film that I, when they announced, I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. And they even tied it into Bruce Wayne. Like, the la- one of the last shots is the Waynes being murdered. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which you didn't need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, if someone had told me that before, I'd been like, oh, that's overkill. You don't need to do that. But in the middle, I'm like, great. Yeah. I love it. Keep building the world. Mm. The only thing is, this Joker is much older than Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. Um, but it's an alternate universe. So yeah, it's that's cool. right. Um, and then there are four more movies on the list which you haven't seen, so I'm just going to go through them very quickly. Um, the first was Three from Hell, which is the long-awaited sequel to The Devil's Rejects, which is one of my favourite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. I went and saw it with my friend Avril, and it was kind of just a rehash of Devil's Rejects, just not done as well. Yeah. Um, but also one of the actors, um, Sid Haig, who plays um, the evil clown in the previous two movies passed away this year. Oh, okay. And you see, and he's in the movie, but he's only in it for like for a minute. Yeah. And like, that was one of the things that really kind of detracted because he's such an integral part of those movies and he wasn't in this one. But when you saw him on screen, you're like, oh my God, like he was sick. Mm. Like he's so emaciated and like out of it. Like, mm. I don't think he even realized he was on set. And I was just yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. And yeah. they did the best they could with what they had. And it was fine. It was enjoyable. Mm. It just felt... They almost turned the villain, the characters into heroes by the end of it. They're like, oh, okay. It's like, mm, like I don't want, and like one of the characters, um, Otis, played by Bill Bosley, who's one of my favorite villains of all time, comes across as almost like a nice guy in this mm. movie a little bit. And you, if you watch, you'd be like, what are you talking about? But like compared to the first two movies, like mm. he is a sadist, like he's cruel, mm. like he enjoys inflicting pain on others. And yeah. in this one, he almost has like a heroic lilt. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, like that's. That's all right. I don't want that from this character. Uh, then I watched Greta, which is the film with... Oh, um, the bag film. Chloe Glace Moritz, um, like, weird stalker abduction film. And it was... Luna <laughs> didn't like it either. No, she didn't like it. No, it was not nice. I don't like people being kidnapped. Shush. Hey. You right there, Luna? I don't like kidnapped movies. <laughs> Um, and it was alright like it was I thought it had some legitimately good like scary moments I'm not scary but like kind of creepy like get under your skin moments mm. where like um, there's this sequence in the film where um, Greta the old woman keeps mm. texting photos to Chloe Grace Moritz of her friend and she's following mm. her friend like down an alleyway and stuff 
And like it's shot like between Chloe Grace Moritz receiving the photos mm. and the friend and everything the friends are she can't find her. Mm. Like he's building and building and building and then of course nothing happens. Mm. Um, but like legitimately like I was like home alone because you were out doing rehearsals. I was like, oh, like this is like kind of creepy. Like I'm like, I'm, I was like, oh, I don't like being home alone with this creepy mm. movie being on. Mm. Um, so all in all, like I thought it was like a pretty, like a pretty decent thriller. Like it's not a great, like not a fantastic movie, but I thought it was a good thriller. Like, and you don't get a lot of kind of low budget thrillers anymore. Mm. So I thought like they did a lot with a little, um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I thought it was kind of enjoyable. Cool. Um, the next movie I watched was a movie called Booksmart, um, which is kind of like a girl super bad, basically. Yeah. Um, our movie taught me about yeah, it. Yeah. Basically it's two girls who are like basically valedictorians mm. of like their class and on the last day or like, like on the last days of school they find out that all like the drop kicks in the year mm. level are going to like, these ivy league schools and stuff and they're mm. like yeah like you study you just had fun as well and so they're out to prove that they can have fun as well yeah um and like jason sudeikis is their principal and he also turns out to be like their uber driver later that <laughs> night um and you know the kid from um Santa Clarita Diet. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's and he's like this wannabe popular kid. Mm. Like, um, so it's fun. It's got some really interesting. It's got some really like kind of cool, interesting stuff in there. Um, it's like kind of like a, a smarter than your average teen movie. Like it's still yeah. like a silly teen sex romp, but mm. a little bit more intellectual, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. like totally good time. Um, got some good like emotional beats in as well. Mm. Um, and then the last movie that I saw that's kind of newish was Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Oh, okay. Um, which is um, the sequel to Teen Titans Go to the movies. Yeah. Um, and the whole concept of this one was that the Teen Titans from the Teen Titans Go movie um, get sucked into this like battle intergalactic battlefield and have to fight um, the Teen Titans from a different animated universe. Mm. Um, and then they find out they have to like fight. Um, a Trigon from each world. Trigon is Raven's father, who's like a demon. Um, and it's basically them trying to outdo each other, like both Robins are like trying to prove that yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, better or whatever. Mm. Um, and there's like this ongoing joke where Starfire like thinks that Robin's kind of cute, but every mm. he's a Robin from a different universe, it's a more mature Robin. <laughs> so he gets like, he's the more handsome Robin. <laughs> um, and then it ends with this huge fight scene, like, uh, and they call upon the Titans of, on Infinite Earths, mm. which I really like, because obviously mm. Crisis is coming. Mm. Um, and it's like Teen Titans from all these different animated universes, it's like starfish ones and mermaid ones, mm. and like from all the different animated universes. I really, really liked it. Mm. Um, not as good as Go to the Movies, because I think yeah. Go to the Movies probably had a bit more of a budget, so they could kind of do a few more things with it, like mm. they could, because um, it was a theatrical release, whereas this was directed DVD, but totally yeah. fun. Um, and then, as I said, like there's so much out at the mo- moment, so much been coming out. We don't have a chance to go to the movies, so there is more to come. Uh, and then I just wrote down a couple of TV shows that kind of happened this year yeah. that we talk about quickly because I know we've been going for a little while. I think we've ended up about an hour and a half at this stage. <laughs> um, you just watched season three of The Crown. I did. Yeah, I just tell you a little bit about that. I've seen a couple of minutes of it, but yeah. yeah tell me about so, it. what did you think? Actually, what did you? Because you've never seen The Crown. What did you think about it, considering that it is the most expensive television show made on Netflix? Uh, I thought it was fine. Like, I just... Because I was kind of just dropped in the middle of it. Like, yeah. To me, I was kind of like... Because my whole thing is like, oh, it just feels like it's going to be like Downton Abbey, basically. 
which is like rich... Yeah, it's got a little bit of a Downton rich, Abbey feel. Rich people dealing with problems that... But you've also never seen Downton Abbey. I've seen bits and pieces of that as yeah. well. And like, it's always very like slender-nosed people who talk very nasally. Philip. Yeah, and like whose problems aren't real problems, so... One does do this when one does. Philip. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I love The Crown. I'm mm. a really, really big fan of The Crown, as is Nick. Mm. Um, I got Nick onto The Crown. Yeah. Um, I like to take onus for that. I I liked this season, but it was a bit more background for me. Like, as in background noise. Mm. Like, I'd have it on... While doing other things. While doing other things. Well, this is um, the big cast change as well, isn't it? This is the big no cast Claire change. Foy. That's right. No Matt Smith, mm. um, and I really love the chemistry between um, Matt Smith and Claire Foy. I really want to go see the play that they're in together, but we obviously don't live in the UK. This um, time it's... Um, uh, Olivia Coleman. Who just won the Oscar for and, the favourite. And uh, the guy from Outlander, who I don't know He's also in Game name. of Thrones. He was... Like um, Tim- Timothy or something like I don't that. Think it's Tim- I don't I'll know. I'll look it up when you talk. Um, real, like... Oh, if there's one thing that the crown does well, it is character match. Like matching the actors to the characters so well. Because the guy who plays Prince Philip Tobias Menzies. Tobias. I knew it starts with T. Um Tobias Menzies. Like you, there there's shots where you're like, that's Prince Philip. Like yeah. if it like further away shots where he, just the way that he's standing and the way he has his hands in his like suit jacket. You're like, that's Prince Philip. That's totally Prince Philip. Mm. Um, and obviously, Olivia Holman does a fantastic job. Um, it's a really, really sad season. Like, really sad season. Even though season one is, you know, not the happiest romp in the world because, you know, uh, the king dies and, and all this sort of stuff like that. I rewatched that first episode and I was like... There's, there's moments of real joy and real happiness and everything like that. Whereas this season's just really like, every episode is really quite sad. And so you have like the episode like about Princess Margaret and how she completely feels completely isolated. Like every, everybody, the whole theme over the season is isolation. Mm. Like you just feel isolated and alone. So like Prince Charles is like, nobody fucking wants to know me. I'm I'm alone. The queen is like nobody knows what it's like. I'm alone. Margaret's like nobody knows what it's like. I'm alone. Prince Philip's like my I, my mum abandoned me when I was a kid, and and I'm alone. Like it's that whole. It's just mm. that. It's just that for a whole season. Um, but it's still it's still really good. I still prefer the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd say season one is my absolute favorite. And then it would go two, and then it would go three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really sad because there's this one episode, um, and because like it also obviously encompasses a lot of like British history, and I don't know a lot of British history from like the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. other than you know, Beatlemania yeah. and like the Brit Brit. Cool, no, Cool Britannia was like in the 90s, but like, you know, like psychedelic drugs and Austin mm. Powers sort of thing like that, even though Austin Powers obviously wasn't a real person. Mm. Um, but like there was this one episode that was about a um, uh, a landslide in Aberfan, 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 I think it is, in okay. Wales. And um, so it was basically like, it's a mining, it's a coal mining town. Mm. And... Um, 
so you've got the township, this this small sort of township, and then you just got these mountains of like coal waste because as they mine through the earth, the the, the dirt and the stuff and the coal and everything has to go somewhere, right? So mm. they create this this huge mound, and it's only ever supposed to be like a couple of like meters tall or whatever, and this was like four times the size or whatever, mm-hmm. and um. And obviously, this is all based on, like, true events. It's all real events. So everything that happens, you're watching it, and you're just like, fuck, I can't believe that happened. Obviously, some things are, like, slightly dramatized for the drama of it. Mm. But, yeah, so she basically, like, basically what happens is it pisses down with rain, and then it causes all of that um, waste to become a landslide. And so it just comes down, and it completely buries parts of the town and crushes into this school and it's like like it was like quarter past nine school monday morning or whatever kids are all in there in school and like the teacher literally just like looks over like hear this rumble he looks over at the window and you just see like this like flood of dirt and slurry and stuff mm. like that and he goes get under your desk and bang it just hits and it's like a hundred and like twenty kids died mm. and all this kind of stuff like that and it was this huge thing. And so you just see, like, parents, like, scratching through the dirt trying to get to their kids. And then the queen, like, didn't come for a whole week because she was like, oh, it isn't that much of a... Pro- the, qu- the crown can't go and all that sort mm. of stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, it's just, like, it's it's really heavy. It's a really upsetting season. Um, but all oh, the acting's fantastic. And the guy who plays Charles, mm. oh my God, he's great. He is brilliant. The only one that I think they didn't match up very well was the woman who plays Camilla Parker Bowles. I think they made her too... Pretty? Pretty. Because <laughs> Camilla Parker Bowles looks like a horse. You heard it here first. Yeah. Except that you didn't. Cause... Except that you didn't because everybody says that. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I really, I really liked it, but... No, I wouldn't say I really liked it. I liked it. Yeah. First season's the best. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, while we've been away, um, there have been a few DC shows that have come and gone. Doom Patrol ended. It was fantastic. Loved Doom Patrol. It was one of my favourite shows of the year. And it's been renewed for a second season. They're shooting right now. Um, definitely one of the weirdest shows to air this year. Um, but super solid. Really fun. And hopefully uh, it'll keep getting renewed. Following Doom Patrol, they released Swamp Thing, which got axed after its first season, which is really disappointing, because it's brilliant. Um, it's a great horror TV show. Like They use all practical effects for the moment. Like, there's some CG in there, because it's something you have to, have to animate. Yeah. But, like, a lot, like the suit, like the Swamp Thing suit is a real suit. And they built the swamp. The swamp was, yeah, well. they built the swamp. Mm. Um, they brought it, introduced the Floronic Man in like, the post-credit sequence. You're like, oh... That was going to be the villain for season two. We didn't mm. have Swamp Thing fight the Floronic Man, which we won't have now. What's a Floronic Man? He's just like another Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. Why looks... is he called Flor... What's Floronic mean? It's got to do with like... Um... Fluoro? No, it's got to do with just like plants and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Flora? I guess so. Mm. Um, and then they might, you know, with that they could have brought in Poison Ivy. I don't know if they would have, but they could have. Yeah. Like, mm. They had all these like, rooms to do it. Um, unfortunately, it got cancelled, but the first season's amazing and worth checking out. Mm. Then they brought back Titans, season two. First and only season. <laughs> yeah, season two of Titans, which ends next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one episode behind. I haven't seen this week's episode yet, but I'll watch it tomorrow. 
Um, and it's been really, really good. They've really, like the first season I liked, I think you got three episodes and you were kind of like, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Which is funny because then season, the episode four, like it really picked up. <laughs> um, and they brought in the Doom Patrol, like as well. Um, it's been a lot of kind of Dick Grayson figuring out who he is because in the first season he burns his Robert costume. He's like, I'm not going to be Robert anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And like they're building to Nightwing. And I think, and they just released online this week the first proper images of the Nightwing suit. It looks amazing. Mm. Um, but we've had a lot more Wonder Girl. We've had a lot more. Um, they've introduced a lot more characters. So we've had Superboy show up in Crypto. Mm. Um, we've had Ravager, who's Deathstroke's daughter. Uh, we've had a lot more Jason Todd, who's the second Robin. Who else have we had? Um, a lot less um, Beast Boy and a lot less um, Starfire this season because they've mm. been kind of introducing other characters. A lot more Hawk and Dove out of their costumes. Um, they brought in Dr. Light, who I thought was a really interesting choice for a villain. So I'm like, ah, oh, Dr. Light's kind of like... I don't know, it's not something you really think of as like a major player, but they made him like really cruel and twisted and like mm. his powers like showing like what he could do, like burning people alive with like, mm. like, cause in Flash, Dr. Light's in it okay. and she just like throws orbs of light yeah. at people and just kind of mm. like pushes them out of the way. But mm. cause the DC universe shows are adults, you can yeah. get away with a lot more. Mm. Um, they've done Deathstroke as well, like who's been fantastic. Um, and a lot of people kind of complained cause the show's kind of all over the place. Cause like. The first half of the season was a lot of flashbacks as well. So like mm. the Titans before they broke up. Mm. So, so like them pre-season one. Um, but you know, they had, they had Aqualad in one episode as well. But I liked it. I thought, I, I'm really liking what they're doing. I don't mind that they're jumping all over the place. Yeah. Um, because I know we're building towards Nightwing. Um, they've had um, Cadmus, who's like, um, Cadmus also shows up in Supergirl. Mm. It's like that... Um, mm. Yeah, that organization, and they've had Mercy Graves, who's Lex Luthor's like personal assistant. They've made her really cruel and evil, mm. and like doing experiments on people. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Um, which means we're probably going to get Lex Luthor at one point because, like, in the Superboy episode, he talks about how he's the clone of Lex Luthor and Superman. So I'm like, yes, they're gonna. Oh, there's so much cool stuff they mm. can do, and they keep referencing Superman, so you know he's probably going to show up in season three, and it's been renewed for season three. Mm. We've seen a lot of Bruce Wayne, no Batman, but it's a lot of Bruce Wayne. Um, and there's even one episode where Nightwing's kind of like hallucinating, keeps seeing Bruce, like kind of telling him what to do and stuff. Mm. And there's one bit where he's like dancing on stage and he does the Batusi dance with the oh, Batman. Oh, nice. Um, it's been solid, like really fun, um, really like expanding the world, bringing like people complain about how many characters they brought in. I don't care. Mm. Like they brought in Blackfire, who's Starfire's like evil sister. And they've announced she's going to be the main villain of season three. I'm just like, so I think I'm going to space maybe like, oh, this is so good. Um, so I'm digging it. And then next week, which is the final episode, is the same day that the Harley Quinn animated series starts. And that's very adult as well. Like, there's a lot of swearing and stuff in it, but I'll yeah. check it out. Mm. Um, Watchmen started six weeks ago, I think, or five and a half weeks ago. I think the sixth episode comes out tomorrow. Um, and it is a, hands down, like a sequel to the comics. It's, like, not a sequel to the movie because the stuff the movie didn't do... The, um, like they didn't do things that the comics did. Like in the, mm. end, the end of Watchmen, if you remember, like um, Ozymandias. I do not remember because it was like 10 years ago. Yeah, Ozymandias, who's like um, Matthew Good plays him. He's like the very, like, the smartest that, man. Those, those two things that you just said, I have no idea yeah. what they are. In the movie, is he, he, the, gr- is he the blue guy? No, that's not to Manhattan. Yeah. He's the one who wore like the band, like the um, headband, and he like kind of dressed like the Roman Greeks and like Romans and Greeks. I don't remember. Yeah. He dropped a bomb on New York, or whatever, but in the. Mm comic he didn't he dropped like a giant squid 
and like <laughs> and like face like an alien invasion. Oh, okay. Because they're like an alien invasion will uni- unite everyone. Yeah. Like instead of like you know America versus Russia, we're like we got to deal with the menace out there. Yeah. And so the show, which is like forty years later, um, follows that storyline because mm. like every now and then it will rain little miniature squids and stuff <laughs> that they've done That's on funny. purpose to like yeah it, like it's an alternate future where Robert Redford is now the president of the United States yeah. Um, the the Minutemen who were the watch like the the, the heroes often have long gone, but then they've brought some of them back, like Doctor Manhattan. They keep alluding to him, like he's out there on Mars somewhere. Yeah. Um, Ozymandias, who I mentioned before, like he's played by Jeremy Irons, and he keeps recreating like mm. events from the comic book. Like he keeps cloning people and make them act out bits from the comic book <laughs> and stuff. Um, and then we found out um, two episodes ago they brought back. Um, Laurie, oh, I can't remember her last name, well, her, um, but she was the second Silk Spectre. Like, yeah. they brought her back and she's no longer here and now she works at the FBI and takes down vigilantes because, mm. like, her life was so ruined by being a vigilante. Mm. Um, Laurie Blake, because she's the daughter of Silk Spectre 1 and the comedian. Yeah. Um, so they brought her back and, like, look, when they, when they said her name, I'm like, hang on, look, Laurie Blake. And I'm like, oh! That's what I haven't seen Watchmen in a little while. Yeah. Um, and I haven't read the book, especially, in a little while. Um, so I brought that back. But, like, it's definitely a sequel. And they've changed things like all these um, KKK members now wear the Rorschach mask. Ah. Um, which is, I thought, was a really cool way of doing it. Because the Rorschach mask was a symbol of, like, he wore it because he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to get the scum off the street. Mm. And now the scum are wearing it. Mm. And, like, have changed the message of it. Yeah. But, um, it's really, really good. And there's a lot of, like, one of the characters played by Tim Blake Nelson uh, plays this um, character named um, Looking Glass. And he wears, like, this metallic... It's just, like, a um, sock over his head, but mm. it's metallic, so it, like, reflects. Mm. Um, and then you f- found in the last episode that that material is used to protect your brain from psychic attacks because he uh-huh. was a child when the alien dropped. Oh, uh, okay. And he only didn't know it was a hoax, so he's mm. been, like, paranoid his whole life. And you can start to see, like, there's all these people suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. from, you know, this is supposed to unite the world. Mm. It's really good. Like, I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it mm. because it is, like... Almost no one from the first book is in it. Yeah. Like, there's one, like, photo on point of Rorschach's journal. Because at the end of Watchmen, he kind of gets it sent away to a newspaper to get published or whatever. Mm. So there's, like, little references here and there. And, like, now it's kind of culminating more and more to being, like, you know, to show, like, that it really is part of that universe. But the first few episodes are just its own thing. And I was like, oh, I like it. I don't know what it is, but I like it. It just keeps building and building. And I don't know, man. It's great. Mm. Like, it's really, really good. Mm. Um, so people should be checking out Watchmen. I just spoiled a bunch of stuff for you, but you'll still like it. It's that good. Um, and then the last thing on TV that we could talk about, I suppose, is the final of Game of Thrones. <laughs> like six months after it's happened. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, I think I was more defensive of it when I first watched it. Cause after the show ended, I like went and did the dishes. I was like, yeah, that was okay. It wasn't as bad as people were kind of making it out to. And you're like, yeah. And I'm watching the dishes and you're like, it must've been bad. We're not talking about it. Yeah, we uh-huh. weren't like, oh my god, what just happened? Da, da, da. And we and rehashing everything. We were just like, okay, let's continue on with our lives. Yeah, like I didn't care for Brand the Broken, and I didn't like. There's just so many. Like it became a real Disney ending. 
Um, like, not Disney ending, but just kind of like... Game... Wrapped up in a neat little package. Yeah, like Game of Thrones has always been about taking risks. Like, they do things yeah. that challenge the audience. Mm. And I guess they really want to challenge their audience, because they're like, you know how you got used to risks? Well, here is something that's really going to challenge you. Everything worked out all right. Yeah. I really didn't like the way that Cersei died. Mm. I really, really, really did not like that. The whole, like, so... Oh, I mean, everybody knows exactly what we're going to say about how, like, it had been building towards all of this stuff for so yeah, long. Like, and, like, it's in so many... Yeah. I didn't like that um, the way a lot of people died. Like, even Daenerys, I thought, was really anticlimactic. It was just, like, a stab to the guts. Yeah. And then I didn't really like how many people survived. Like, a lot more people lived that were like... I really didn't like... Yeah. I didn't like how, like... Uh, it's just the same thing that everybody else has said. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it would have been cool if we'd seen the many-faced god through Aya and she did, like, you know, different faces. You know, it would have mm. been cool to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, was it the same... Was that the same episode? No. That was... The episode after the fight at Castle Black with the Dothraki and the lights going out and all that sort of stuff like that. That was like the third episode. That was the third, okay, the, yeah. The, the, the episode before that was when um, Daenerys burnt down King's Landing. When she was on the dragon, she started burning down King's Landing. Oh, yes. Which yes, I yes, really yes, liked. Yes, I, I, didn't, really, yeah, I, liked I didn't mind though. People were like really not happy about that, but I liked that. Yeah. Look, I didn't mind the episode. Oh, Look, really? I, I was totally fine with Oh, no, wait, no. That was also the third episode, when Aya kills the Night King. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, in my mind, I'm like, no, that was the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, it just feels like it's not so much that I didn't like it. It just felt like a lot of missed opportunities. Yes. Like they were, And the thing is, and we found out, like, the guys who created it weren't available. Like, they kind of weren't able to give all their attention because they were busy, like, worrying about the Star Wars thing they were yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. And now they're not even doing that anymore because Disney yeah. were like, um, if you can't pay attention to one thing, we're not going to give yes. you the biggest franchise in the universe. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it's just more like a lot of missed opportunities. We probably yeah. don't need to go into it too much. I'll still re- I'll rewatch that final season and hopefully... I'll rewatch it. I will absolutely still rewatch it. But, yeah, no, um... I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do like how everybody made fun of Bran's dick not working. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. It's, um... Mean. Mean, but funny. It's funny, because, like, I was like, should we talk about it? And now I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Alright, we won't talk about Game of Thrones anymore. (laughs) Um, we can talk about Disney Plus. Yeah. We got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Got it day one. Took us about three days to use it. The Not fir- been hacked. The first, yeah, the first three days, all I did was look at how much stuff there was. Like, there's a lot of content on Disney Plus from the get go. Yeah, but a lot of it is Disney Channel stuff. Yeah, but there's stuff in there that I do like. Like, there's so many. Like, I'm not gonna watch Cheetah Girls. No, you're not. But you that's know? okay. Um, I'm not gonna watch. I know you are, but I'm not gonna watch Darkwing Duck. Oh, I can't wait. That's the thing. There's so many cartoons from my childhood. I'm like, okay, I've got to start watching Darkwing Duck and the original Ducktales and Tailspin. And Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but then also there's the X Men '90s animated series, and there's the Spider Man animated series. There's so much stuff on there. I, the first thing I watched was a 13 minute documentary about the MCU because it was like everything yeah. coming to Disney Plus. Mm. So I had to see like little sneak previews of all the shows coming out. Um, the one thing we will watch if we haven't yet is The Mandalorian, which I keep thinking is about the Mandarin 
from Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. <laughs> but it's not. But the Mandalorian yep. third episode just drops. We will start watching it soon. Get all yep. that baby Yoda up in our goods. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, spoilers. Hmm. Um, the only thing we've watched is stuff that we've seen before, which we watched. Oh, no, no, that's what we Yeah, we watched Hocus Pocus, which we hadn't seen before. Um, that was fine. That was good, Al. I really liked it. Um, actually, I thought it was funny. I that's the only thing we have watched on it so far. Because yeah. we got everything last night, then we ended up watching the Brady Bunch sequel. Yeah, which was really funny. Yeah, not as good as the first one, but still pretty good. That's a movie that we haven't mentioned. We, uh, James had never seen the um, Brady Bunch sequel. The first one. And I was like, you have to watch it. It's really, really good. And we watched it. And I remember really I was resisting it. it so much. I'm like, this is going to be awful. And I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I'm fascinated, borderline obsessed with young Christine Taylor. Like, I think yeah. she's so funny. But Jen, you don't have any friends. Yeah, she's really, really good. Um, I have a boyfriend. His name's George. George Tropicana. <laughs> George Tropicana. George Glass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. We, um, the next thing we'll be talking about, hopefully, well, not the next thing, because next week we'll probably have a couple of things to chat about. Yeah. And we'll be going more in depth. Like, today was just about, hey, there's a we're lot. Back. Of, there's a, we're back. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. Here's a little snippet, um, into what we've seen. But moving forward, we'll go into more detailed reviews. We'll go back into the original concept of my favorite movie, which is every week a, a host brings in a movie to watch. Um, so yeah, we, we got to my week and stopped. We did one movie. <laughs> we did one, yeah. Uh, and that's when everything started to change. And yeah. we, but like, we'll do that, even if it means recording on weekends, which we didn't do in the past. We might mm. just do that. Um, so we'll start doing that. But the big thing coming up is Crisis on Infinite Earths, the big DC crossover. Yep. Um, which I am very excited about. I've been rereading stuff like to get ready. I, re- I just reread Kingdom Come, um, which is a comic book run with an old Superman who Brendan Routh is playing mm. in Crisis. I also have my Crisis omnibus sitting... On the bedside table, ready nice. to read. Good. Um, hopefully, I to read it in time. So, it all this week's comics to read as well. Um, but I've been for the f- I caught up on all of Arrow while we were gone as well. I yeah, that's three right. Seasons you behind. did. I caught you up did. on all of it, mm. and there was some good stuff and some not so good stuff. But season eight is killer. Mm. Like the second episode of Arrow. If you haven't watched it, spoilers. Um, the Anti Monitor erased Earth Two. Like Earth Two has been destroyed. Um, so all the characters you like mm. from Earth Two, like. Um, the other Harrison Wells and mm. Jesse Quick, like they're gone, they're dead. Mm. Um, so, um, like the Flash of Earth Two is gone, like everyone mm. from Earth Two is gone. Mm. Um, and so, Arrow... I just thought of something mm. because obviously we're watching Flash at the moment, and Barry's like, "I have to die mm. in this crisis, this crisis that's coming. I have to die." Mm-hmm. How do we know that it's that Barry that's going to die and not a different Barry from a different Earth? Well, that's, that's something that they may that's they may do. Yeah. Because um, in Arrow, his storyline this season's been like that he has to die as well. Yeah. Um, which he may because it's the final season of Arrow. They may, and there's only like two episodes of Arrow once Crisis mm. is done, so mm. they may just kill him off. And they've been yeah. kind of showing other characters. Um, but it's been really, really good. We're three episodes into Flash. We've got a few more to catch up on. But it's been pretty good. So like, to me, it's more about just like the building to crisis. Yeah. Um, like, I don't really care about the individual storyline so much as like, okay, just show me crisis stuff. Because we yeah. have crisis and crisis. Yeah. Great. Um, and they're doing a really annoying thing where the first three episodes of crisis happen in December and they have to wait till January for the last yeah. two episodes. Um, I started watching Batwoman, but I couldn't really get into it. But I might try again. Uh, we'll see how we go because Batwoman's part of the cro- crossover as well. But um, so that's the next big thing. Crisis um, got Rise of Skywalker coming in December, the final Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's not too much else coming out. I think in the next couple of weeks. 
that I can think of off the top of my head. As I said, I've been kind of off the radar a little bit with the movies lately. Um, Frozen 2 is out next week. We'll probably talk about that. Mm-hmm. Knives Out is coming soon. Is that um, Mystery Who Done It with Chris Evans? It's like a Cluedo type think... movie. Oh, vaguely. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, Adam's Family I probably won't see. Yeah. Um, just see if there's anything else kind of coming up. Oh, Black Christmas is coming. I want to see that. Um, Jojo Rabbit, which is the um, Nazi film by Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah, I do want to see that. Mm. And, uh, and Jumanji. This is the new Jumanji oh, film Oh, yeah, that's well. right. The new Jumanji movie. Uh, I know you really want to see Cats. No, I do not. Thank you very much. I know. I absolutely do not. That's pretty much it for the rest of the year. There's not too much left. Um, and then it will do it all over again, obviously, next year. Um... But, uh, yeah, so going forward, I don't know how much more news, how much news and trailers we'll be discussing in the future. We're kind of look. It's been six months, and we're trying to figure out what the show is going to be. So it's definitely going to be more reviews and more talking about movies, how much we like movies, mm. um, and uh, we might bring some other elements into it as well. Like depending on you know how available Nick is and what he wants to do, I was thinking about doing like a comic book corner oh, like, yeah. each week, just talking about releases. Um, and maybe if Nick's interested in talking about music, because he's a big into, into music and stuff, maybe he wants to talk about that. Um, and we might even open up to talking about games and stuff as well. It just depends. Um, but for now, we're back. Um, and we're at the very least talking about movies and TV. We'll see where we go from there. But that is probably going to do it for our first episode back in six months. Yeah. Um, next week, I'll be able to talk about the finale of Titans, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And the debut of the Harley Quinn animated series. See how that goes. You have a very interesting hairstyle going on right yep. now. Um, but that's about it. Do you have anything else you want to say before we head off? Uh, no. Well, we're going to have... And we're going to try and build an increased social media presence as well. I've been thinking about that. So we'll build something up and mm. have an Instagram account or something. And try and, I don't know, promote it a bit more. Because yeah. we're relaxed with that. But we'll do that sort of thing. Mm. Um, just bear with us while we kind of rebuild. And we'll uh, see <laughs> what we do. Yep. But until then, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Past Remote. Shall we say goodbye? Bye! That was Tina. Mm -hmm. And I'm James Chalmers. We'll see you next week.